there can be more truth in the mask that you adopt than in your real inner self. I always believe in masks. Let us say that I am in reality a shy, impotent, stupid person, afraid, but then I adopt the persona of a brutal, rapist guy who humiliates people, beats women, and so on. It's too easy to say, oh, I'm really a coward, but there I imagine to be a powerful macho. What if it's the opposite? What if I really am a brutal guy, but in real life, because of social pressure and so on, I oppress it so that the true mask is my authentic, real self. And the truth comes out precisely in the guise of a fiction. Welcome to this week's episode of Mex Flintayo. It's I, of course, the true outlaw of comics, Ramon Villalobos. And with me, as always, Toxic Daniel Linity, some are calling him. Take him or leave him, some are calling him. It's Daniel Idizakri. I'm, hey, how's it going, Ramon? I'm, I, I've i made no decisions on nicknames. Uh, <laughs> folks, if you're listening, keep them coming. Nothing sticks. I yeah. I have no identity. Right. <laughs> So this week, we uh, have a, a, a very cool guest, very hip guest, not a comic book person, so you know they're hip, you know they're cool. <laughs> we, have, we have a dude who basically, uh, we follow each other on Twitter. He, every once in a while, he talks about comics. He has a podcast about manga, I think, right? Or anime? Yeah, it's about all kinds of nerdy shit. <laughs> but it's uh, it's the homie AO Bro Bro on Twitter, Brody Reed. One of, uh, I'm looking here, Vulture said 2019, one of the upcoming stand-up comedians. Oh, I, I, I guess I missed that. <laughs> you know, you don't remember that article or no? Uh, I didn't know I was in Vulture. Well, except for that one time that I was, uh, I did some tweets for them. What's up, guys? What's up, nerds? How's it going? <laughs> welcome, welcome to the they podcast. best up-and-coming comedian of the week for the week of August 23rd, 2019. I mean, that's a... What did you say in August? That was a monumental week, though. I yeah, I was. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know I was killing it that week, especially. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially August, I was probably priming up my Halloween jokes and stuff, getting them r- real ready. So I was real hot that week for sure. <laughs> uh, so how are you doing, man? How's it going? How's quarantine going? As a stand-up comedian, how is that like? Um, know? it's great. Um, I kind of well, first of all. As a stand-up comedian, um, I hate stand-up comedy. <laughs> oh, really? And I, uh, we all hate stand-up comedy, at least a little bit. Um, it's been kind of nice. Uh, I've been because do- I've been doing stand-up for like um, about eight years, and mm-hmm. for me to have um, a bit of a break was really good. Um, I've done a couple Zoom shows, which has been kind of cool. Like I miss being able to um tower over my audience and intimidate them and stuff but um it still went okay it's just kind of like 
it's weird because you know before um especially when i'm like really in grind mode i'm going out like every night doing uh at least a set a night um and you're doing all the zoom rooms yeah it's it's like imagine a zoom room but uh, like in real life and oh shit i can't even um, I, can't, I don't want to yeah don't <laughs> um and it's just like you get to have the opportunity to do like mics and stuff and you get to um put out like your bad jokes and stuff you know um and with these zoom shows these days you don't really get the opportunity to do that. You just have to be like, okay, I think these are the best jokes that I've written recently. Um, and sometimes they go, most of the times they go pretty good. I think the bar is like pretty low right now. Um, not to <laughs> disparage anyone else, but... Um, well, I feel like, you know, you got your classic bits right now. You got like how cancel culture is bad, right? Like, <laughs> you know, how like you, you're, not, you're not afraid to say what everybody's thinking, right? Like how... <laughs> you go there. Yeah, like you're not afraid to go there. Like the PC police, watch out. Yeah, it's exactly. Me. Yeah, so like you got it's, that kind of on deck. Well, but. to be honest, I'm actually, um, and I'm off duty now, so I can say this. I'm an undercover um, PC police officer. Oh shit! Um, oh. I've I've actually been canceling uh, people in like extended stings for a very long time. People just um, disappear one night, and all of a sudden, like nobody knows where they went. They were secretly canceled. <laughs> yeah exactly um they're banned from everywhere um and then they just show up a couple months later and everything is fine and everyone just forgot about what they were canceled about they just have that surgery mark <laughs> on the forehead yeah <laughs> like our favorite comedian like andrew schultz he said he can't be canceled so like you know th- this man is a true wild card a true sicko i believe it <laughs> yeah I, have you seen his commercials for his stand-up where he's like i'm a true owl, i'm a true sicko i can't be canceled and, you I know they're pretty cool well that's the thing about stand-ups is that we are actually um truth tellers we're the modern day <laughs> philosophers <laughs> um any one of us will tell you that <laughs> As long as you don't say anything else. It's crazy because when I was in community college, I took like, you know, philosophy 101 and it was a lot of just like looking at Jimmy Dore, looking at <laughs> those kind of guys, like the guys who wear leather jackets, but they're like leather blazers, you know? Yeah. I, in my philosophy study, is really I just doing Seinfeld bits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. On, on a real level, like. Um, I think from when I got into stand-up to now, so many people who I used to look up to, um, I truly just, like, hate their guts now, and <laughs> I feel like that is a thing that almost used to be unique to stand-up comedy up until probably recently where um, comics are, <laughs> you know, talking about, like, NFTs, and, like, some people are for it, some people, uh, most people are against it, hopefully, and... People aren't getting, like, canceled, but they're definitely losing followers, and it seems like the closest our worlds have ever been. Yeah, it feels like a purge. (laughs) Yeah. I've been hating older people in comics for so long, (laughs) but for just, like, my own personal reasons, and now there's, like, a very tangible thing. Well, a very intangible thing, that the Mm -hmm. NFT thing, you know? Like, it's not real, but it's, like, enough that if they put it in their bio, you know, like, they're a fucking piece of shit. Absolutely. Hit the unfollow. No big deal. Yeah, because they all have to come out with it. They can't do NFT shit on the side, on a separate site. They have to promote it. And so people know. Yeah. 
Hey guys, I just minted this. <laughs> you can Got mint drops coming. You can mint tweets, um, which I did not know. It's a crazy thing. There's a lot of people who are minting comic artist tweets where they're putting up art or whatever. Yeah. So like there's like a list that's going around of like of these different accounts you have to block. That way nobody can just be like, oh, mint this guy's tweet for me. Like, yeah. yeah, there's some bots that are doing OPT. OPT? What's OPT? Oh, oh other people's tweets. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I I was seeing a little bit about that. Big Gleb uh, recently posted that he had like the, the tokenized bot on his on his shit. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's not um yeah, we actually just did it's a it's for our Patreon exclusive getting that Patreon plug out there. We have a Patreon exclusive episode coming up <laughs> that's gonna be all about just like the CD sort of under underbelly of all this like cryptocurrency shit and how it's like, mm-hmm. it feels like just a bunch of pedophiles got together and like, how do we make like money for pedophiles only? <laughs> then they were like, well, okay, we have the money, but now how do we get people to spend it? Like who are so stupid that we could get them to like launder their reputation and yeah. their following to, you know, give people, to get people to buy into this currency. They had accumulated all this pedophile money and they yeah. had nobody to actually use it on. Yeah, no one to exploit with it. And so they're like, I know, comic artists, comic fans, that's easy money. And yeah. basketball fans, you know, obviously. But cool. um, all right, so I forgot what we were talking about. Just stand up, uh, just being edgy, just being cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cl- <laughs> classic us. Yeah, for sure. But let's just start talking about the fucking mask, I guess. Okay. Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some real some real comedy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the mask is like the true comedian of our era. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care about cancel culture. He didn't care about anything, dude. Yeah, he was um he was he was a club comic for sure. He would club people in the head um <laughs> with uh lights, anything around, anything that was heavy. I definitely didn't know what i was getting into exactly when i was gonna when i was reading this yeah because you know i like everyone else um knows the mass mostly from the jim carrey movie which came out in the 90s yeah which had a huge effect on me i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah no like i when that movie came out i was hyped because you think about it jim carrey dropped dumb and dumber Mm -hmm. ace ventura and the mask in like one year Oh, really? I didn't know it was the same year. It was a a hell of a year. He went crazy that year. That was like your August 2019. Oh, my God. I feel like the mask was the mask (laughs) was like one of my first jokerifications. Oh, really? Like seeing like, yeah, like being being psycho, being twisted, like (laughs) from the there's like the 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 comic and then there's the movie and the movie decides to take it in a very like. It's almost like a direction for kids. Like, mm-hmm. as a kid, this is a movie I ate up. Did you guys read the comic before watching the movie? No. N- no, no. I would have, ne- like, I was maybe, like, seven or, or, or Just, eight. Just, like, a really cool <laughs> seven I was never going to be reading these comics. Like, this yeah. is some, like, weird, like, fallen, like, Steve Ditko's, like, Michael Douglas's fallen. <laughs> 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 and, and the movies the movies just like looney tunes yeah this uh so yeah with a little bit of background behind the mask so the mask was mike richardson who is the publisher to this day of dark horse comics he had come up with this character in um, a fanzine called 
APA something or other. Mm-hmm. And it was like this old magazine and it was like a tiny headshot of the mask. And it was just like, it's the mask, you know? And then when they launched dark horse presents, he had this artist named Mark Badger do a version of this character. It was mask M A S Q U E, which mm-hmm. doesn't, it, it looks similar, but not really resembling the tone or the spirit. Yeah. No, of what it's Mike a little too French. Yeah, and it was yeah. like a, it was a lot more French, and it was like some weird story about like a a priest from Latin America who like comes to the states and like is on the run from the CIA. Some weird shit. <laughs> I, I, I want to read that. It was like a full year. Yeah, it was like a full year of this character, uh, where all it was was he wanted to kill some CIA agent in in this history in this like uh in this fictionalized universe. And pretty so then cool. he did that, and yeah, it's pretty rad. And then at the last, and then on, on the last issue, like there's like a one page thing with the uh, with the artist where he draws himself, and he's like, "So I want to apologize. Like this comic doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know, I just had to get it off my chest." Nice. <laughs> it was the '90s, man. It was the '90s. And then uh, it was like the '80s, but yeah. So then Mike Richardson was like, "All right, like." Enough of that. Like, he he says he fired the guy. The guy was like, I don't remember getting fired. I remember my story finishing up the way I wanted it to. I was like, <laughs> well, I remember firing you, so whatever. <laughs> so then Mike Richardson handed off his character, this idea of his, which was a, a man with a funny head, to John Arcudi and Doug Monkey, And uh, they published the first four parts of the story in a comic called Mayhem. And it's been re- it got reprinted in... The mask uh, number zero before they relaunched a full mask series and the cover on the mask number zero, which is basically what we're going to be talking about today is pretty awesome. Like, oh, wow. I'm sharing my screen for the thing, but you can see it's like, yeah, it's the mask and he's got the dark horse logo tattooed on his head. And for some reason, he's a giant like jacked black dude. (laughs) I have no idea he why. He looks like a luchador to me. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, he's just he's he's got brown skin and Stanley yeah. Ipkiss, when we look at the comic, will not have that. He's got veiny uh, arms. He could be one of those extremely tanned bodybuilders. To me it looks yeah. like Mike Tyson, like kinda with those when he would wear like tight pants and shit like that. Like it just uh yeah. I just he's very masculine. He's very strong. Very pretty radiant in the background. <laughs> Yeah, no, like they, they went crazy on the airbrush. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful image. Yeah, I would love this whole design on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Just the, the background yeah. makes a really great like tie-dye shirt pattern. So uh yeah, so they reprinted it as issue number zero, and then they you know, I have the uh we have the omnibus here where it shows the uh the first issue and then it goes on for the series. But the first issue is Stanley Ipkiss, who we know him as like the Jim Carrey loser version of of the mask where you know he's just a dude who likes cartoons and uh babes mm-hmm. and he works at a bank and he sucks until he becomes the mask in which case he's fucking rad and you know all of his problems kind of just go away <laughs> but uh yeah no i love that movie when i was a kid like that was it was like literally the funniest thing i had ever seen <laughs> <laughs> it had it had like 20 catchphrases you know what i loved about it too before superhero movies got any kind of like respectability it was always like a th- in the 90s there was and the late 80s there was a sense of like this is a thing from like the 30s 40s like a quirky little like nostalgia object 
So everything from like Tales from the Crypt, Dick Tracy, Batman uh-huh. eighty nine, the Phantom. Batman the Animated Series, the Phantom, the all Phantom, that shit yeah. was like set in the nineties, but took like all their like fashion cues and like architecture and like the aesthetics mm-hmm. from like the thirties and forties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the fifties. You like know, so old. it was like. Like, you know, for some reason in the mask, like, uh, Stanley goes to, like, the Copacabana club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, the swing, like, there was swingers, there, like, there is a, uh, even the Looney Tunes aspect is sort of, like, a, a part of that era. Yeah, well, we, talk, we talked a little bit about, on the previous episode, like, Sin City. Like, Sin City was kind of like that, too, where it's, like, it's just harkening back to, like, a different era but always like rooted in like the but it's the 90s so things are extreme and cool yeah. and like the mask is kind of like an ultimate expression of that cuz it is like a very old school kind of comic and like it it reads like that but then he's just blowing people to fucking bits like just killing hundreds of cops and just being a complete shithead yeah there's the cultural significance of the zoot suit um, really had a lot of staying power. I'm really impressed. Uh, I will say, <laughs> um, yeah. One of the things about this comic, and honestly, so many um, comics and video games. Like, I have a criticism of most video games, like in my library, that they mostly boil down to um, white guy kills a bunch of people, <laughs> like, whether that's, like, Assassin's Creed, whether that's, like, a Call of Duty, like, that, that, I think that's at least two-thirds of my video games, um, and this one is kind of, um, similar, and, like, when I- th- Except for, what if he was green, if, like, he had green yeah. face on. <laughs> Man, I love the simple days of a simple premise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like in in the, in the stories, like what if his head how, was big? Yeah, exactly. How you could just get away with such a simple present uh, premise in like the early nineties, <laughs> like it truly is. Yeah, yeah. Pretty fun. Um, yeah, I the main character even I I don't even I mean I read this I don't exactly remember um, what he does or or what his job is or like um, what his li- life is like. Um, like you know he gets this mask and then he. I don't want to jump too ahead, but he kind of like goes on a little bit of a revenge streak and yeah. it doesn't even really seem like he has like a lot of um, good revenges on his list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These aren't good. Like these aren't big problems that he's solving. Yeah. yeah. That's the, that's the funniest part about it is like, you know, it's like a petty grievances and stuff, mm-hmm. but to the ultimate extreme of like a teacher was mean to him in kindergarten and he's yeah. held onto it for his entire life. <laughs> I don't think this comic likes Stanley Ipkiss at all. No, which is no. like the difference between this and the Jim Carrey movie where you you have to be charmed by him. Otherwise, why would you watch the fucking movie? Mm-hmm. But in this one, it's like, no, it's like he's a piece of shit. He's repugnant. We hate him. He's fucking garbage. And uh, anyways, here's a, here's his story. <laughs> I think what happened with the movie, like the reason the, the – uh, Jim Carrey, Stanley Ipkiss is more likable mm-hmm. is because after after reading the full volume, which we're going to mostly be talking about the first issue, but after reading the full volume, I, I, I come to understand that a lot of the plot beats of the movie are taken from the latter half of this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the all the character 
is is sort of like infused back into this Stanley Ipkiss. Like they chose the the Stanley character, but they gave like the events. Like the reason the movie is 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 so much more like forgiving is because when he's doing his crazy mass shit, he's doing it to like mafia gangsters, mm-hmm. right? So that that's an aspect from the second half of this first book that when 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 you're seeing another character use the mask and and so they 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 some Hollywood producer whoever God bless his soul saw this book and saw that it was a mess but saw that there was elements that could be taken and made into something like uh, more cohesive Right, instead of just like falling down, but like he makes funny faces. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just at like merciless, merciless revenge. I kind of wish they kept in him um, killing a bunch of cops. That would have been <laughs> a pretty cool yeah. thing for Jim Carrey to do. I think. <laughs> instead, he just kind of like dances with them, makes that one swoon over him, and then like moves on. Yeah, Daniel, I'm glad you read past the zero issue because I I have the the omnibus, but I've just been so busy this week I haven't. I didn't read all of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, got to read the zero issue. Then we can get our shit off. But, um, yeah, I blame, I blame Doug, Doug Mankey. Like that cover for the he, omnibus was so striking. Yeah. That when I opened it and I saw the first issue, I'm I was just like, fuck it. I'm, I have to keep reading <laughs> so that I get to when the art looks like that. Yeah. His art is amazing in this thing. Um, one thing I want to point out though, that made, that made me laugh is cause you mentioned falling down and like fortuitously, uh, one of one of the true enemies of our podcast, Patrick Zercher. <laughs> mm. He's like an old comic book artist. Like he is the comic book version of like the old guy, like stand up comedian that doesn't understand why people hate him. Right. He, so he he tweeted out, "Remember falling down, where a white collar guy, <laughs> Michael Douglas, just loses it one day. A superhero story in which a superhero loses his patience with selfishness and stupidity could be terrific. The moral is, of course." You got to have patience or you become the bad guy. And it just made me laugh so hard because I just finished reading The Mask, like this Mm -hmm. thing, where Mm -hmm. it's basically the exact story that he's talking about, right? Yeah, that's what he's asking for. But the moral of the story, I don't think, is that you need to have patience or you become the bad guy. It's like the, the thinnest bit of like social decorum is what keeps you from showing that you are a terrible human person, a Mm -hmm. terrible human being. The threat of violence, basically, like that's the only thing that it keeps him from <laughs> right. acting out his worst fantasies. Yeah, but the true version of who he is is not the the person who like is standing up. It's like when he's falling down. That's the guy who, you know, get into Slavo Žižek a little bit. You know, he was on a. He's talked a, a bit about the mask because he loves the the Jim Carrey movie. Oh, really? And he talks about like yeah, he loves it, and he talks about how the masks. Uh, the, the, the reason why he's so great is because unlike a lot of characters where, you know, the, the, you know, movies try to show who they are, you know, what made them the way they are in the movie, like as a superhero or whatever, like the Joker, you know, mm. why did he become the Joker? He's like, it doesn't matter uh, who the mask is the truest uh, personification of, of you as a person. So like, you know, he, the, when he acts out as the mask, the it or whatever, that is the real, the real you. Like, like the weekend says, when I'm fucked up, that's the real me, you know? <laughs> Sorry, I can just imagine, um, Zizek doing sort of like a pervert's guide to, to movies yeah. <laughs> type, uh, scenes with, with the mask and he, and saying something like, something like, when he says 
nobody can stop him <laughs> it is true like <laughs> like uh quoting quoting like jim carrey lines from that movie in his shishekian way <laughs> i would yeah. love him i would love it if he could explain what the weekend is up to frankly with all the weird <laughs> prosthetics and masks and shit too but uh yeah no like when he does when when Stanley Ipkiss, when we're when we're to read this, like him being like an upstanding citizen, like a weak little bitch, isn't just because <laughs> his his desire and his like uh, his motivation isn't like oh like I'm a pussy, so I'm just gonna you know get pushed over. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you're right. If he wasn't afraid of of being attacked himself, he would totally just be the mask. Like if there were no ramifications, that's like his desires are the real him. It's not the other shit. Yeah, he's, um, he doesn't, like, all of his motivations are individualist, like, he doesn't even really show, um, like, the first people who falls victim to, um, him and his new powers are just, like, biker, um, white supremacists, maybe, it's, like, hinted at, but they're basically just, like, (laughs) um biker bad guys who splash mud on his car and that's like the only reason that we see him like angry or anything and i know it's kind of like ridiculous to even like um analyze this text as it's like some kind of like george rr martin novel or anything like that but that's literally our whole podcast though so don't (laughs) be afraid that's what's fascinating to do like this per this you know what youngblood is rob liefeld yeah I d- we did three hours on it last week about how amazing it was and how it talks about the American Empire and all this shit. Just one issue, <laughs> less than this. Yeah, because because creators creators are expressing some deep innate things whether they want to or not. Yeah, true. Right, exactly. Agreed. So like, there, there's no need to be like, sorry if I get a little overboard. Like that's literally the whole point. If we just go overboard talking about these pot these comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um... In that respect, I think the true power of the mask, um, now that I've read it, is spite. I think it gives you the power to actionize mm. and weaponize your spite. <laughs> That's what yeah. it seems like it's doing. To me, it shows me that it shows the dangers of becoming a bald man. Uh, this is <laughs> mm-hmm. not the good bald representation. This is, shows that all bald people are psychopaths. S- Stanley Ipkiss is balding. He's balding. The mask takes him all the way to the <laughs> other side. <laughs> yeah. It shows that all bald people should really be locked up in some sort of asylum or cage. Actually, like uh, maybe an opposing thought might be that if you're balding, you should you have to go full bald mm-hmm. to uh, sort of like manifest and self realize to be your true self. Yeah, and it looks better. Be too. your true self. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a smooth look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the mask starts out with Stanley Ipkiss, and he's buying uh, the wooden mask. The mask the uh, titular mask at a pawn shop. The, the book starts out of nowhere. There's no, like, yeah. there's no setup. It just starts with that mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a $135 mask, by the way, which is like, seems expensive for a wooden old mask. And like, that's 135 90s dollars. Yeah. Like true. that's like, that's inflated. 135 that's least... in the 90s could have bought you like a three room house. <laughs> A whole three-room house. Yeah, three-bedroom house. And, like, uh, you know, you could have got you a Mercedes in 1990. And there's no explanation as to why this owner hasn't even tried the mask on ever. Like, nobody's ever Mm. tried this mask on. It's just there at the shop. Yeah, he just buys it. (laughs) It's like if Wolverine just bought his claws or something. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. But that is about capitalism, and I think we need to discuss that. Yeah, let's let's do an hour of that before we get back to the comic. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Stanley just walks outside, and like you said, he gets his car splashed by uh, some bikers with with uh, like these chopped togs. They're like the bikes where they have the really long. Uh, like front wheel like where the bars go really far out yeah which uh yeah which I makes don't know me if think that this takes that... place in tokyo i think this is a, a bozo <laughs> game <laughs> yeah like this is some american chopper shit yeah and i i i don't know where it comes from it's not like the standard bikes you draw i guess it was just on his mind to my knowledge about about biking which you know i people who know my past know that i worked in biker clubs and you know, did all this kind of stuff, but, uh, they don't hang out in cities all that much. Like, yeah. cause, cause why would you like they're like these kind of motorcycles would be particularly useless in a big city. So like the fact <laughs> yeah, that they're cruising, a turn. Yeah. yeah, they're cruising in this like, you know, New York, Chicago kind of metropolis. And, uh, yeah, they splash all over his car, but like, they don't even, you know, like it just shows like they don't, these, Arcudi and uh, what's his name, Monkey. They don't really know that much about that shit. But anyways, uh, they splash on it, and you know he screams at them like you, you fucking pile of shit. I just washed this car, and that's how the comic starts. Like the first page is, this is this is a man. It's petty. This is just petty. petty. Mm-hmm. You know, like if somebody splashed my car with mud, I'd be like, oh man, uh, I don't even. I wouldn't Your even notice on it on the road during the rain. What are you expecting? It just rained. Like how. It, you know what also fucked up your car, your your newly washed car? The rain that just dropped on it. Yeah. <laughs> this is like an old person's, like, power fantasy almost. <laughs> yes. Just yeah. Like, these There's a very, kids. like... <laughs> it, this, this, this comic, uh, I, I'm going to try and, like, go, go into the panel-by-panel panel talk, but it reminds me so much of, like, Peter Parker from Amazing Fantasy... 15. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like the first Peter Parker that they ever present to you is this like petty nerd that is spiteful, and this the they're presenting us like adult Peter Parker basically. Yeah, yeah, and I love that he wears like a sweater vest and like you know yeah has you mm-hmm. know weak, like lame shoes doesn't look young at all mm-hmm. receding hairline glasses just somebody f- who should not have a girlfriend yeah. a reprehensible human being very yeah. surprised that he has a beautiful girlfriend at home. I mean, he's got a dime piece at home. Yeah, it is amazing that he was able to pull. What's her name? Catherine. Catherine, yeah. a, a a sensible art lover, uh, <laughs> antique collector. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, uh, well, I feel like you're about to simp for Catherine in a second, but <laughs> yeah. So he he talks shit to these bikers, thinking thinking it's sweet. He gets into his car, and then the bikers are like, "Hey, what the fuck you just say to me?" <laughs> and then they just take turns like just smacking the shit out of him which is like you know i i guess he doesn't deserve it per se for the record they don't they don't none of these bikers siege hail there there's no like yeah. outwardly nazi statements mm-hmm. yeah like the in a in a in a later panel the mass sort of like calls them nazis but it, in in my book, there's no evidence, so I'm kind of on the side of these guys for beating him up. Yeah, it could be like retired I mean, they... firemen or something. Like it doesn't say. <laughs> <laughs> One of the guys has a shaved head. That's the only indicator that he might be a skinhead. What's wrong with shaved heads, though? Oh wow! I even yeah. <laughs> but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what's wrong. If you just give it a few pages, mm-hmm. you know they beat the shit out of him for no reason. 
and just like leave him in the mud. And then he drives home fantasizing about like, oh, what I would have done. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like I would have, I would have kicked him in the nuts. I, I would like use a wrench panels. on his nose. I would have <laughs> hit him with a bat. Bro, you would have done any of that shit because you're a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But that's the that's the fantasy. That's the uh, like one can relate if you've ever had maybe like some kind of like trouble at any moment you can like this is the spirit of the stairs the the whole french idea of like once you leave a place you get the idea of all the cool things you would have done at that moment yeah this is like when you see too many jackie chan movies and then from that (laughs) point on you just have this idea that you could beat up like eight dudes at one time (laughs) which is not how fights work at all (laughs) they don't give you enough space to do hurricane kicks usually (laughs) (laughs) yeah it just reminds me of like i remember when i was when i was in high school there was this dude and one day we were just like joking with him at lunch and he was going like uh after we were like done joking around it was like you know five or six kids i wouldn't say we were bullying him like he was our friend but he was just he was just started like muttering about how he was like you guys are lucky i don't have a bomb i'd blow up the school and we're like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) that's such a disproportionate response to us making fun of you right now that's Um, hilarious (laughs) yeah like he he was this dude basically like i I can't look at this guy and not think of this mormon nerd that we used to fuck with in high school (laughs) the truth is like that's literally the motivation of every school shooter is like oh they actually did get a gun actually um it was that simple they were like i bet you'll never make fun of me again (laughs) but you know what's funny about it though is like all of the shit with stanley ipkiss and like the masculinity and like feeling threatened that shit is almost always just like white dude power power tripping you know what i mean absolutely 100 percent. like like you you brought it up earlier but like if this was about a black dude, Mexican, Puerto Rican, or whatever. Mm-hmm. The story, the story doesn't go like this because they're not treated as like the idea we see Ipkiss here is not like he deserves it or you know like he's supposed to be presumed innocent because he's white. You yeah, know? if this was a black guy, he'd have thought bubbles about organizing and talking <laughs> to members of his community. <laughs> I mean, it'd be the cops that were that were fucking with him, yeah, or like yeah. you know, it would just be yeah. It's hard to it's hard to read this and not attach it to like so many stories that I would read growing up about like Spider-Man like you mm-hmm. said like a white kid who feels like he's owed a beautiful girlfriend, a good job, like being liked, being loved and he doesn't. Like he's yeah. miserable. Where I grew up miserable and I just, you know, became a Morrissey fan. <laughs> like <laughs> like like every other Mexican. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would like to point out that his apartment door um, reads 505, but it can also sort of be read as SOS when you think about it. <gasps> oh my god. Cry for help much? <laughs> we Yes, this is why we do deep analysis of these comics, because details like that, they get overlooked. They just do. Yeah, the artistry you know? here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he buzzes on his girlfriend's door, which is weird. Like I, I guess in the 90s, doors had buzzers on like the people. Yeah, yeah, right on the people. (laughs) Doesn't really make sense why he would do that. Yeah. But anyways, the mask starts talking to him, and you know the mask's first words are, "So what are you waiting for? Let's go waste the Nazis." And he's like, "Oh shit, what?" (laughs) Yeah, it's a Jewish mask, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Doug Mankiar, where he's just wondering, like, what just happened? (laughs) Is yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. That's why it feels very Ditko in. 
as it goes on, he doesn't have a pencil mustache, but like sometimes he does just because the way the 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 pant the character is drawn, mm-hmm. and uh, that makes him look more like a pervert also. So I think that's like. <laughs> It's a win-win. Yeah, know? when are we going to get a pervert superhero? When are we going to get the <laughs> um, hentai man or something? That'd be, that'd be so cool. <laughs> it's basically exactly like the mask. Yeah, he, it's it's kind of like, um, it's like, you know how the Joker will leave um, smiley faces on his victims? It's like that, but the ahagao. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, his girlfriend Catherine opens the door, and that's when we first meet uh I, I guess the the only real like hero of the story mm-hmm. yeah she's the closest um, thing to a moral person uh because like uh i don't want to get too ahead of myself like she she does she is the only one who's able to like let go of the mask yeah yeah and like i said she's an absolute babe she has a great apartment and she's got this dude who's like basically a pay pig <laughs> what's a pay but she pig? doesn't take any shit from him <laughs> you don't know what a pay pig is i mean i think i do is that when you're like a financial dom on someone's money or yeah, yeah yeah fin dom or whatever yeah yeah look i don't want to flex but i've watched euphoria okay <laughs> <laughs> stanley's the guy who like licks her pumps yeah <laughs> he he goes over there he brings her the gift this mask and um i i think she's supposed to be like presented as like you know she doesn't really care about him and uh she's like kind of a she's rude to him like she's another person in his life who doesn't respect him but i mean fair enough (laughs) yeah no there's no there's no sympathizing like uh when when she presents the when 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 she sees the the gift the mask which apparently she's a big antique old uh mask enthusiast uh, but when she's presented it, like she's, she says she loves it and she's so happy with it. And and Stanley complains that like, Ugh, I see you love you. You may not love me, but you love my presence. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there's absolutely nothing to love here, man. She, I love what she says. You know, Stanley, you can't solve all of our problems with a gift. I'm a little more complex than that. And then it's like a beat. What kind of present? <laughs> have, have you ever seen the movie? Have you ever seen the movie Happiness? Um, with the Y, yeah. Uh, it's a uh, Todd Solon's movie. Um, is that the one with like a bunch of celebrities in it? Are we thinking of the thing? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, John Lovitz. Oh no, I haven't. Oh, it's it's sick. It's a Todd Solon's movie back from like the mid '90s. But there's a great scene where uh, John Lovitz is getting dumped by his girlfriend. I can't remember the actress who plays the girlfriend, but she's like one of the main characters mm. in the movie. And he's going to give her an ashtray that's, like, some old, like, artifact. And he had, he had like, bought it especially for her. And she gets really excited. And he goes, like, no, this is for someone who loves me. Like, you are shit. <laughs> he's, like, and he just, like, goes on this long tear about how she's a piece of shit. This is for the girl who loves me. The girl who cares about me for who I am. Not what I look like. I just wanted you to know what you'd be missing. You think I don't appreciate art? You think I don't understand fashion? You think I'm not hip? You think I'm pathetic? A nerd? A lard-ass fatso? You think I'm shit? Well, you're wrong. Because I'm champagne. And you're shit. Until the day you die. You, not me, 
will always be shit. It's so it's such a funny movie. I recommend that movie. It, it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch though, because mm-hmm. it is a movie where it's like a a sympathetic look at a pedophile. Oh, interesting. Uh, but it's 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 like a dark comedy. Yeah, I think that I think the Pay It Forward does the same thing with Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, this this the mask is like a. That this scene reminded me of that so much because like literally the same thing happens, but this guy has less self respect than like John Lovitz, yeah. which is just you know one of the sadder things about him. So yeah, she's like really happy about this mask. She says she's been gaga about it since she saw it downtown, and she finds the perfect place for it among her other antiques that uh, he's bought in her to win her favor. <clears throat> and then she notices that he's got a bruised face, and she asks, you know, what happened, and. You know, he's the last thing I want to do uh, is fight with you. And then they start making out. And then I guess they fuck. The least realistic (laughs) scene in the whole comic. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, what happened to you? Did you get owned today? Let's have sex. What a weird reaction to um, did you get beat up? He's like, I don't don't want to fight with you. I don't want to lose a second time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's such a pathetic little worm. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing attractive or sexual about him in this. There's no reason for this woman. Is it, would this be Cameron Diaz? Yeah, in the I movie. Mean, yeah, well, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, it's it's his blonde girlfriend. But Cameron Diaz in the movie is a lot more uh, like layered than Catherine. I think from what I've read it, anyways, because I haven't read past like where you meet more about her. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, she's like she's got her own agency. She's got like. A boyfriend. Yeah, she has to be wooed. Yeah. She's, and you know, she's Cameron Diaz in the 90s. Absolute peak babe era Cameron Diaz. Man, the first scene with her in that movie, still so hot. (laughs) Like, it's I mean, yeah, when she just walks in from the rain, it's one of the hottest things ever captured on. I can't even imagine what it was like when they filmed that. They was like, holy shit, everybody shut this down. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they have sex. He wakes up and he goes to the bathroom and he sees the mask just chilling on the toilet, and it... He thinks it's a prank. He thinks it's yeah, a he, prank. Yeah, he thinks he did, like, a bit. Classic prank. And, yeah, yeah. So she, he puts the mask on, so, oh, let's see what happens. And then we get the really sweet transformation yeah. uh, shot. He thinks he's gonna he, he thinks he's gonna prank uh, Catherine back. He's like, oh, she thinks it's funny to scare me. Well, I'm just going to put on this mask to scare her. <laughs> classic back prank <laughs> <laughs> yeah just gonna yeah, wake yeah, up my you... sleeping girlfriend that i'm already having issues with with a terrifying green mask <laughs> this is a healthy relationship i mean she started it theoretically <laughs> <laughs> but yeah then the mask grows on his face we get a really cool transformation scene where he turns into the mask and we see his pajamas like the the pattern on them transform yeah. the whole thing's like pretty Turns sick into like, the cool. zoot suit yeah yeah i would wear a shirt with that pattern absolutely yeah i can see you pull off that that shirt thank you <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be hard as hell <laughs> so yeah he uh he walks out the bathroom and he jumps down to the alleyway to start his night of revenge and he walks down the street and he does see two skinheads who i think are nazis like mm-hmm. yeah this is this is much more fair to say yeah, these guys are Nazis. Like, there's no, you know. Yeah. They've got the boots. They've got the pants. They've got the suspenders. My theory is that the mask comes from some ancient Judaism thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's something here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes sense because it primarily hates Nazis. Yeah. 
Um, At this point, the art kind of, uh, like, it's not that it evolves, but I feel like purposefully they start to get wilder. I think, uh, just going back to the Nazi thing, I think that maybe what it is is, like, yeah, the mask is like a Jewish artifact that, like, it wants revenge for the crimes of the Holocaust. But Stanley, being such a, you know, such a self-motivated little worm who's just driven by his own personal spite, like, he infects the mask, not the other way around. That's an interesting Mm. theory. I think that's the angle here. Again, they didn't mean that. They were just <laughs> they, were, <laughs> they were just doing a little story, but you know, I think that's definitely if we were to extrapolate we're rebooting I think the you're mask. right. <laughs> yeah, if we were to reboot the mask, we would say that that is like powerful Yiddish yeah. demon and it is being infected by, you know, middle class white grievances. Yeah, our reboot is about Israel and Palestine full stop. <laughs> <laughs> And we're not going to even say anything uh, about where uh, each element of Israel and Palestine yeah. uh, are reflected in the yeah. mask. We'll leave that up to the listener to guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people will have to examine it in like a four-hour podcast, you know, 20 yeah. years later. Like, I don't know what these guys were thinking, but this is art. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he starts talking shit to these, to these Nazis, and he... Uh, quickly learns that he doesn't have control of his powers or whatever and he gets run over by a car in a scene that we see that's similar to the movie where it like flattens him like a pancake and he just like gets up mm-hmm. but the the this is where it quickly diverges from the movie in that it's very bloody like mm-hmm. we see yeah. like he leaves like a giant puddle of blood behind him and it has the great uh where he's saying like you know he realizes he has all these special powers and like you know he's got to do it to serve and protect others in need but first, like the classic uh, Jim Carrey shit. The only power that he seems to have revealed is that he can get run over by cars and live. <laughs> and that's a that's a great power. Yeah, yeah, that he's yeah. immortal. Pretty cool. And then he leaves those Nazis alone, like the most actual Nazis. <laughs> yeah, we find it, it. Like he just lets them go. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't just go back and kill them. He tried one swing, and that was yeah. it. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, I got, I got bigger fish to fry. I got some guys who got mud on my car and then, then owned me. So he goes to the, the biker hideout, knocks on the door, and then they open it, and we see a man dressed in a purple suit, very effeminate, lots of blush, like you know, pinkish lips. Mm-hmm. And it's not a modern progressive scene. No, like, no, it's no. not a good interpretation. And it's of... weird. <laughs> it's just really weird. <laughs> what's crazy about this scene is so it's the mask pretending to be a gay man to sort of like trick them somehow <laughs> yeah like but the, these bikers were still like progressive enough to let him in but this is like a victorian era version of a gay man it's not even a 90s version of a gay man i don't know how how like they're like oh what does a gay dude do i know he would wear like a fully purple and pink suit yeah yeah <laughs> he would He'd be like a waiter then, uh, who dyed his whole uh, thing pink. <laughs> yeah. This comic was, was originally published in black and white, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, how did they imply that he was uh, in any way queer or homosexual without the pink suit? Like, like in black and white would have been like, hey, some guy with a tuxedo's here. Yeah, maybe he had a, yeah, like a is... gray blush or something. It is gay to wear a tuxedo. That's true. true. The bikers were right about that. Yeah, James Bond is gay. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool if he was. That'd be. I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, gay James Bond yeah. instead of just. Like I mean, a... that's really undercover. Yeah, 
<laughs> the guys think he's gay for some reason, and he touches his lips and say, did you just call me fruit? And then he says, well, you're right. And he rips his fucking face off and kisses the guy on the lips. And the guy is just like, not even, I don't know if he's freaked out because he just saw a man rip his face off or because the guy is kissing him, <laughs> but he is bugging. <laughs> yeah, like, I, don't, oh, I don't think fuck. This, this guy's homophobic because he let the guy in just fine. Yeah, but well, hey guys. he's more traumatized at this person ripping their own face off to reveal the 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 mask, <laughs> which is which is an ability that we don't ever see in the movie. Right. Yeah. In the movie, we never see that he can like get artificial skin on top of his other shape shift. Yeah. Well, he can shape shift. He turned into a wolf. Yeah, because he got horny. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is horny. true. That is the yeah. one time they show that. Yeah, I like, uh, while we're being, like, you know, uh, favorable to these bikers, I like to imagine, like, the first panel where he comes in, he's he's not saying, like, hey, guys, this fruit here thinks we're making too much noise. He goes, like, a, hey, guys, uh, this fruit here thinks we're making too much noise. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, maybe consider, we should turn down the thing. Like, I don't know his name. He didn't say it, but he's clearly gay. It's no big deal. Like, like, I'm oh, accepting. What? Yeah, I'm an ally. Think, <laughs> if he got to continue his sentence, he's gonna be like, "You think we're being too yeah. loud? Do you wanna? Do you wanna talk to the manager?" I think I think we should turn it down. Actually, uh, what do you guys say? Just... But the mask is the unreasonable one, and he starts uh, doing all the things he fantasized about when he got owned earlier. Breaks a baseball bat over this guy's head. Um, take just starts punching them, poking them in the eyes, using a wrench on their nose. Lighting them on fire. Yeah, I like that they have a black Nazi apparently in the gang as well too. <laughs> Pretty cool. Pretty progressive. Finally, yeah. representation in this comic though. Yeah. I, you got to give them credit for that. I didn't think there was going to be a black man, and then nope, there he is. He's getting his nose ripped off. <laughs> yeah. The pair of pliers. Like I, I really appreciate the 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 Jim Carrey uh, interpretation of the mask because that's the only way I read these word balloons. Right. <laughs> Because it's ah, like so um, you're into real estate, eh? <laughs> yeah, the jokes but aren't hitting just... for me a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not funny. You have to imagine Jim Carrey saying it. None of like smoking or somebody stop me. Yeah. None of that was actually funny. Uh-huh. It was just Jim Carrey doing his craziest face. True. Yeah. So like going back to falling down real quick, because it is like the closest like one to one example of like what this thing is like. It is funny. Like if you've seen that movie, uh, he th- he also is like very racist, but they, he goes to like a army surplus store and he gets into it with like a Nazi because they want to establish like, yeah, like he is a terrible, you know, white suburban guy, but they're, Nazis are worse. So he's not all that bad, but, you know, he's still not as bad as a black guy. Um, <laughs> so uh yeah so he manifests a gun and he's gonna like lay waste to the rest of the guys who he hasn't lit on fire or like beaten to shit and then a guy shoots him in the back with a shotgun um and it leaves a giant like gaping hole in his chest which looks fucking awesome yeah it, it looks pretty cool i mean i was very surprised i had to keep looking at the panel where he literally poofs a gun into existence i think that's a new power (laughs) um i i know we've seen him like manipulate things but it just kind of seems like he can uh almost turn his imagination into physical things kind of like the green lantern so (laughs) 
Yeah. This is the, he has some he he's a he's a god. Yeah. God type character yeah. in terms of uh, like reality manipulation. And I mean in the movie as well like you see the mask like pull out those giant bazooka right. like the biggest most ridiculous guns yeah. out, out of his pockets. So again, I feel like with the the producers saw this and they're like it's just a Tommy gun or it's just like a a machine gun that that's 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 dumb. We need to we need to make more a bigger, more coherent idea out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he uh, once he gets shot, he goes, "Oh, now I get it." Uh, you're right, though. By the way, there's no funny jokes in this comic. Um, now I get it. <laughs> it's just funny that he's drawn hilarious. Um, <laughs> yes. So it's really a credit to Doug Monkey's comedic drawing. Yeah. But yeah, he starts putting like just blasting the shit out of this fucking biker. Yeah. Pretty sick actually. Um and then he burns down their house. <laughs> like none of his lines are references to anything. Then he says TTFN, uh that was th- that and thanks for the beer. The TTFN was such a 90s like uh I didn't know that we were doing like LOL and all that shit back in the day. But the fact that he said that it just made me like, oh god, he's one of those. <laughs> what does what does TTFN mean? Tata for now. Oh, that's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is so stupid because it it's not again, it's not like a reference to anything. Yeah, he's just like a Chandler Bingas motherfucker, you know. It's one of those abbreviations <laughs> that literally doesn't shorten any of the words. Also. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, then we cut to his girlfriend waking up the next morning. In the flattest bed. Yeah, behind, yeah. Uh, in front of the biggest lava lamp, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the colors getting their shit off. They're just like, you know what, I got, like, they, they drew no sky, I'm gonna bust out my watercolors, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make art, I'm gonna make beautiful things here. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes into the bathroom saying like you know watch out ready or not here i come opens the door and she sees the mask she slams the door when she opens it up it's stanley he take he took the mask off yeah um and apparently she she's a little dumb because she does not put two or two together (laughs) (laughs) in fairness to Catherine, you can't really expect somebody to transform into a like a a jew demon yeah yeah (laughs) it's early in the morning too yeah, like Stanley goes into like a, a classic gaslighting here. Yeah, and you know, to be fair, she hasn't had her coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm, you're she's right. Being you're right. Maybe she's being gaslit before coffee. Yeah, <laughs> she's being gaslit before coffee. She needs to get a Twitter account and like talk about this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> use some use some AAVE. Go, maybe go on. Am I the asshole here? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> y'all i just opened the bathroom door and i saw a mask demon and then yeah. when i opened it again it was my bf <laughs> am i crazy am i, am I the asshole <laughs> <laughs> so now that now that he's feeling himself he 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 laid to waste a room full of people and burned down their house yeah now he feels confident i'm gonna gaslight her and talk shit to my girlfriend which is just like you know, give give somebody a, a morsel of power, and you know they turn into an asshole. But tr- give them the mask, they they become unbearable to be around. I mean, he already wasn't pleasant, but now he's just like getting drunk, watching TV. Mm-hmm. The 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 trajectory of his character is so is so hilarious. I like that the mask itself, when it's not on his face, almost has this like expression of like, 
Oh, brother, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the mask has a solid purpose. Like we said, he wants to defeat all Nazis. Yeah. And this guy immediately took him off of his goals, his, yeah. his path. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we cut to the next uh, story, uh, the next p- chapter, rather. And we see Stanley, and he is cutting out pictures in a newspaper and crossing off names off a list. Because what we learn is he has been privately killing all of his enemies mm-hmm. and the list of it is biker assholes tom richmond Melrose seafood lewis winston yorkie muffler miss gazzo and something uh mcwerther mcwerther or something oh gary mcwerther I w- i'm gonna guess Melrose Seafood makes sense to me that's the only one on the list that makes sense to me. <laughs> we got food poisoning there <laughs> But, like, Mrs. Gazzo is the wildest one. Because, like, we will find out that the, the big offense was that she just, like, was mean to him in the kindergarten or whatever. It's just, like, the craziest shit. And we we, uh, we pan out and we see that Stanley has been fully radicalized now. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> the The beret that he has on makes it look like he's sort of, like, like um, I don't know, some... It, it, it feels like a different kind of militant. Like he's almost like joined the Black Panthers. <laughs> almost. <with that. laughs> or what was it called? What was the uh, the Chicago Angels or whatever? Um, Charlie's Angels. I don't know. <laughs> the Charlie's Angels. Yeah, but this is this is a completely different person. We still don't know what his job is. He's he is simply purchased military. Yeah. Garbs. Yeah, he just yeah. went down well, to or... the store, the the surplus store. And he bought a couple magazines and stuff like that. At the at the end of the first, um, you know, little chapter, I was really kind of, I mean, especially expecting um, so much from the movie. I was kind of like, just like sitting back and thinking like, wait a minute, this guy's bad. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then the next page, he's, like, fully decked out in this army gear. And I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. They're going with it. I'm impressed. They understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, if the next one was him just being like, oh, man, everyone still meet. Like, no, this is, like, this man is is truly a no-limit soldier. (laughs) (laughs) He is is completely radicalized. He is down for whatever. And he's just, like, marking off the list. Like, he's become... Full school shooter at this point, but totally. as an adult, yeah, and he's yelling at his girlfriend, his poor girlfriend, who's too good for him in the first place. Yeah, and he's definitely overstaying his little stay at her apartment as well too. He's <laughs> seems like he's living here is real comfortable. The worst kind of boyfriend. Yeah, I forgot he was visiting. He moved in and brought army surplus clothes <laughs> yeah. with him. That's wild. What a wild move. He has to ring the pink pole every time he enters the apartment. <laughs> But you know, Catherine, you know, Catherine ain't weak. She you know, she all of her all of her Twitter followers were like, nah, I don't stand for that. Yeah. And she said, What the what did you say to me? And he says, You heard me. Like she got she got a hundred replies that were throw the whole man away. <laughs> <laughs> nah, she'd be listening to Taylor Swift. She she's she's not putting up with this bullshit. So she <laughs> throw the whole man away. So she goes uh talk shit and then he gets up to beat her. Which is 
so fucking crazy. I did not, I didn't, like you said, like, you know, you read this, or you watched the movie, mm-hmm. then you're reading this, you're thinking, oh, he's like a bad guy. And like, I know he's a bad guy, but the fact that he's even going to beat poor Catherine yeah. was like yeah. wild to me that they even went like that far with it, you know? Yeah, at least he stops himself. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they were trying to uh, eliminate the last bit of dignity or or respect that the reader might have supposed to have. Mm-hmm. Like, even even Michael Douglas in Falling Down would not, like, threaten his wife this way. <laughs> he didn't have a wife, did he? No, he was divorced. But even, oh. like, even his ex-wife, he wouldn't, he wouldn't behave this way. Like, sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, no, she says you come mm-hmm. over here and you get out, you get out of, uh, you come over here and get, never get out of the damn chair reading your stupid magazines. You fantasize more about guns than girls. And then, yeah, that's when he's about to hit her. And then he like, yeah, he stops himself and he's like, mm, okay, no, like I, I, I'm, I'm losing, I'm losing it. I got to just get my mask and go kill some people. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. do something productive with my time. He grabs the mask like it's heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I need to calm down. I mean, which is, I mean, flash to today, that's actually what you should be doing is grabbing a mask when you leave the house, so good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Prescient. Stop the spreading. He's a king. Mm -hmm. This book was thinking about the potential COVID crisis that would develop. (laughs) Uh, Brody, I wanted to ask, like, Uh you're also in another podcast that's called The Male Gaze. Uh Uh-huh. What what do you think about this display of masculinity in this in this story? Like, um, yeah, we got a. Decon- this feels like the most toxic. I mean, it's definitely pretty toxic. I will say that, um, I kind of commend the writers for this because it's like with a story like this, you have to like know where it's going already. They kind of like knew what they were kind of doing thematically with the mask, as we'll like go on and see. Um, but it's, I mean, it's using this, uh, like display of toxic masculinity, not in a way that's like, um, examined really. It's just kind of like as a story device, it's like, it's not much different from, you know, just like rape as a story device either. Um, yeah, technically, but, um, without being an over bummer about a guy who uh, mows down innocent people. Like, like obviously that's what they were doing anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that there there's like um, desensitization mm-hmm. or like everyone was so desensitized in the nineties that they had to kind of resort to slapstick cartoon violence to feel anything at all. Yeah. For sure. I mean that that's what the whole purpose of slapstick is really in like early cartoons and even to like uh the three stooges is just like excuses for people to survive what would be mortal injuries which is like yeah. pretty cool. I kind of miss that kind of humor actually. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we cut to them at the mu- the muffler shop. We see these two guys absolutely hilarious. They they're just laughing about how they rip they rip people off or whatever. And then the mask comes in with the scene from the movie, but he's got like the same camo, but it's purple now. It's a camo zoot suit. I mean, it's much more like, uh, like Dipset. 
more than <laughs> No Limit Soldiers now. <laughs> he's looking fly as hell right here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he we we see that he's going to get revenge for, you know, the muffler job that did or whatever. But we don't see the violence. We cut away to Fred Willard Elementary School, where <laughs> Mrs. Gazzo is up to her old fucking tricks. Shout out to Fred Willard. <laughs> yeah, big shout out to Fred Willard. I, I, was, I was actually surprised. Heartwarming. <laughs> what a shout out. <laughs> and she's she's being rude to this little boy, very Stanley Ipkiss, a little pussy who's got like a sweater vest on. Just yeah, exactly, exactly like Stanley Ipkiss at the beginning of the uh, of the comic. Yeah, Just baby form. And everybody's laughing at him, which is hilarious. Like it is hilarious that he can't spell tuberculosis. Like we have to admit that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody should have laughed at that kid, and that kid would have learned how to spell tuberculosis. Yeah. The thing is, like, if you were in kid, like I was a, you know, I was, I don't, I was not a prolific bully, but like I said, I was making fun of this Mormon kid. Like, if he couldn't spell tuberculosis, I don't think I would have made fun of him for that. I would have made fun of him because he's a loser. Look at this kid. That's pretty young to be spelling tuberculosis. Also, you don't even know what it is. <laughs> so every every everybody in that classroom has a coming basically yeah i guess but the one who deserved the most is probably this teacher for sure yeah no she she's actually like just giving a turn to anybody else in class this is actually like she's being a regular teacher almost but in <laughs> yeah. the in the in the mind of the mask or in the mind of stanley or the the creator she just has a coming i've had worse teachers for sure yeah but uh the mask pops up behind her and smacks her in the back of the head while he's eating a banana <laughs> and yeah he's dressed fully like a like a stand-up comic from that era which is so sick um <laughs> he's got giant little pants yeah the he walks in through the door. You hear like boom, but down, boom, boom. Yeah, he definitely looks like he's got like an HBO special coming up and a sitcom on ABC. <laughs> you ever, you ever, you ever had a teacher called Miss Gazzo? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she made you a spell tuberculosis. You didn't even know how to spell tuberculosis. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. <laughs> That's a good bit. You should maybe try that yeah. for your uh, your Zoom thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's gold. That's gold, Brody. That's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I I like I didn't want to like uh, add or like uh, bring up my shit when when we were talking about Brody's like stand up, but I like I spent like the last. Uh, like 2019 mm-hmm. and the early bits of 2020 actually getting into stand-up mm-hmm. like i was doing open mics here on the island oh, doing really? stand-up in spanish is something completely different yeah it's funnier uh, I, I assume ah <laughs> uh, it, it can be it's a lot more crude uh-huh. I, I feel like stand-up in english you all you still have to be like dick and balls all the time mm-hmm. Daniel Daniel just walks out on stage with a barrel around him and he just makes goofy faces, you know, yeah. as people zoom in on his face. I grab my head and I say, "Ay, Dios mío." <laughs> <laughs> Classic Latin comedy. Yeah. Yeah, that's Latin comedy. No, but like it, it I had I had a I had a good couple nights. I had some nights where I actually felt like I I had killed it. Nice. But I've also had like nights where I bomb and it's it's pretty bad yeah um but this is this is like part of the comic experience and it's also why this is funny in the sense that there's no jokes in this book still like he still hasn't said anything (laughs) funny about this teacher yeah that's one of the funny things anytime like 
um, you know, comic writers want to make like a humorous characters or, or any kind of writers. Everyone thinks that they can be that they can write jokes. Everyone truly thinks they could write a comedy. Like it seems easy, um, and it's proving not to be. You know, the movie turned out to be funny be- because Jim Carrey is good at nonsense and slapstick. There's truly not another comic who could have done uh any of his movies really and uh have it turn mm-hmm. out as well um i was just thinking about what a miracle his his 90s career was but um yeah yeah audiences were just would laugh at anything yeah it just like you do like he would scrunch his face clint eastwood style and it was a hit every once in a while you'll meet someone in like i i love doing comedy I am a joke writer. I like to, um, I really like to mess with the form, but like, I'm not like, like in his prime, like Martin Lawrence or something like that. Like <laughs> you meet someone like that who will just literally, you, you ask them to stop being funny just because you're in pain. Cause you're like laughing so much. Like I've never been yeah. a person like that. And, <laughs> and I don't think the mask is either. Like he doesn't even like, <laughs> he doesn't even like uh like with the joker or something like that like he might laugh people to death or something like that and it doesn't seem like the mask is like that much of a premise it's more like of, of a deadpool where it's just like yeah one of this his things as a personality is that he's funny but it's not like baked into his powers or anything like that but you know that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. getting a joke off in a comic is is so difficult yeah he smiles a lot, and that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> he's got those chompers. Ramon, you were gonna say something about that? I completely forgot. <laughs> Imagine if, like, anytime you see, like, you know, when you see when you see like thin blue line people with like the Punisher mask. If instead it was just like the mask with like a big old smile, <laughs> that'd be that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to it in a second, but the mask, I mean, he couldn't be one of those guys because the mask has no respect for any authority. He's truly like a libertarian hero more than anything, you know? It's all he's like anarchism. I said, self-interest. He'll punch up, yeah. he'll punch down, he'll punch all around. He's ANCAP, for sure. Yeah. And he's MADCAP, yeah. also. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um... Look, I can be funny, okay, Brody? I'm, you've, you know this about me. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, he beats the shit out of this old woman. <laughs> he, he like, American History X yeah. or sort of. He, <laughs> yeah, like, he, like, stomps her his, down. He shoves his entire foot in her mouth, and her eyes bulge out of her, out of her face. And he tells the kid, who's still, like, there, terrified... Like, Jimmy, can you spell dead meat? <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> um, and he tells the kids to, like, leave, and they all run in terror, and he's just like, all right, yeah, back to my other shit. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut to uh, the cops, and they go to this uh, Gorky's muffler who was on his list, and we see that the mask has shoved all these wrenches and tools in one guy's face, hung him by chains, and literally shoved a muffler in one guy's skull like it's a horrific image. Yeah. If if the listener can like find this image, it'll give you nightmares. And this is funny, I yeah. will say. It looks hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this frame and I was just like that's creative. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like replaced his skull with a muffler. Yeah, truly. He just looks goofy as shit. <laughs> it's awesome. And the cops are like, "Oh, you know, we don't we don't know who did this." And uh they got a call about, you know, how he just went and murdered this this innocent woman. And then it, we cut to him just like walking down the street whistling to himself, and he sees a kid he sees some kids about to bully a young Sheldon type figure. <laughs> um <laughs> Which, again, like, we should be bullying young Sheldon. There's no reason why our society has any use for these little nerds. Yeah. But, you know, y- yeah, young Pete Buttigieg is here about to get picked on. And um, this dude, the mask, uh, starts beating the shit out of the kids. <laughs> yeah, because he wants he wants more psychopaths like, like Sheldon and Pete Buttigieg in the world. Well, what I loved he- it is in this moment. Like, you know, he, he walks, he hits this kid on the head. Kid grows like a big, I don't know, like a big lump. But, you know, I, I don't know what that's supposed to be like. Um, It's the, it's it's like the like cartoon lumps. Yeah, like I know, but like in real life, in real, like, so he creates real violence in this comic. Like, wouldn't he have just cracked that kid's skull? Shouldn't he just be bleeding everywhere? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the, the, the creators sort of made an, an inconsistent decision here to say that the violence towards the kid continues to be like cartoon funny violence, whereas <laughs> the, kid the violence out towards blood. the adult. Yeah, the I'm... kid spits out blood though when he smacks him. Yeah, is it blood or is it? Oh, I guess it is. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's red shit spewing out of his mouth. Yeah, and then like the other kid is just like laughing at him. The kid who was getting bullied seconds ago now is laughing at this dude. Like, if I'm that kid in the striped shirt, I'm beating the shit out of that kid immediately. This kid, this kid got a concussion. Yeah, I didn't like that kid didn't need the other kid to hold him. He was about to fuck that kid up regardless, but you know, it's whatever. Yeah. That's just my bully perspective. In in different ways, all three of those kids were just jokerified. That is for sure. Yeah. It was a true it was a true mask off moment for these for these for these kids. Yeah. Um so yeah, he's he's walking into the uh grocery store, he sees another a different old lady. Mrs. Kellaway. Yeah, I, I'm she... sorry. I'm just seeing this again, but she's the mom of the, the cop. second mass holder. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So the we see that guy. We did. We kind of glossed over it, but the cop who's investigating the uh, the muffler shop is Kellaway, right? That's ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he becomes the mask, right? The cop does. Yes, as we learn later on, and he gets the better sort of like mask plot beats mm. that eventually are given to Stanley in the movie. I can't wait to hear what they are. I know the only thing I know he does is he does the like it's a Tommy gun. Mm-hmm. Yes, is sick. yeah. Um. Anyways, they, they do the whole they do the whole like uh uh torero thing, you know, like the bull the bull wrestler. Or... Oh sure. Uh, they they do that stuff as well. So not really like plot points, much as just like bits, like you know, bits, imagery, uh, sure. yeah. So, anyways, yeah, he comes home from a long day of like killing people, and uh, his girlfriend comes home. She sees the mask, and she's like, "Oh, I, you know, I blame this mask. Obviously, it's the mask's fault." So she puts it in a garbage can, and tells Stanley, "Like, you know, we're done with that mask shit. Like, we're we're over, we're done with that." And uh, you know, she he she she acknowledges how much he's changed. You know, he says like, "Babe, where's the mask?" And she says, "A month ago, you thought the babe was stupid. You thought the term babe was stupid." And then he freaks out at her again <laughs> because she says she threw away the mask. And uh, you know, Stanley does some self reflection, like maybe I am better with off without the mask. And then uh, 
yeah, we cut to, I think this is the next scene, right? Or the next chapter. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird situation where she's trying her hardest to like stop, like stop this messed up, but uh, she gets, she gets tired of it. She, uh, like uh, this is like, she, I'm pretty sure she breaks up with him by the end of this uh, chapter and we get to the last part where he's trying to get the mask back. Yeah, so she kicks him out of the house, um, him and his like military fatigues and his fucking psychopathic notebooks with like lists of people he wants to kill. <laughs> and uh, she's talking on the phone about how, you know, how she had to uh, kick this dude out. And meanwhile, he's just rummaging through the garbage because he needs that mask back. <laughs> and when she falls asleep, when she turns her light off, he like climbs up the the drain pipe and breaks into her house. She calls the cops to like let them know there's a break in. And uh, sm- when she realizes it's him after she breaks a lamp on her head, she dra- uh, she drags him into the closet. Cops show up and. Uh, they're asking, like, you know, why she called, but she's trying to cover it up because, you know, it's still her boyfriend. You know, she's like, it's a mistake, whatever, whatever. And then while he's in the fucking closet, he finds the fucking mask. Yeah, at the whole time that she's covering for him, he's hating her. Yeah. He's like absolutely <laughs> shitting on her in every way, and he's ready for her to come back to kill her. <laughs> That's the mask talking, though, obviously. It's not his, uh, I, I like at this point it's indistinguishable. Yeah, it's really right. So yeah, he gets a lamp and he's ready to smash it over her head. But one of the another one of, when the cop opens the door, the only other black person, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, he crashes it. I mean, he smashes the lamp over the guy's head, and uh, the other cop shoots him in the face. But as we know, it's the mass, so gunshots don't really hurt him. And he just gets another lamp and smashes it over that cop's head. Then he goes outside. He sees another cop smashes the lamp over that cop's head, which was kind of a funny bit because she's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, it's your fault. You have all these lamps. <laughs> <laughs> which is also kind of crazy because couldn't he even just manifest it another gun like if he wanted to? Or a lamp. Yeah, for sure. Or more lamps. Yeah. Yeah, he could have been manifesting lamps. So, yeah, he takes the cop's guns and he starts just shooting more than another... <laughs> Another dead black cop. In- incredible. Uh, th- this 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 whole like idea, and they do this all the time. Like they'll always have like a a a black police officer to sympathize or like to humanize the police. And all of a sudden, if they're doing violence against the police, is doing violence against a black body, and then it's like worse. Yeah, you can't just you can't just enjoy police getting killed. Right. <laughs> it's different than the. Uh... It's different than when we've read, like, other comics where, like, you know, Marv from Sin City or Batman, they just, like, kill tons yeah. of cops. But those cops are, like, almost always white cops. Mm-hmm. This yes. this comic is, like, no, like, yeah, we can't let you enjoy it. Here's a black cop. He's going to be the one that we see, like, graphically murdered. Yeah, and everyone else gets, yeah, like, comically exploded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this cop is, like, yeah, we see the the blood stains on the wall and like the, the dragging as you know, the, the blood dragging down as he like fell down. It's like horrible. <laughs> yeah. Then he like runs out, gets a, uh, pretends to be like an old lady. And then he blows the other cops up with a fucking bazooka. Yeah. It's like he, he has to take guns from the other cops, but he can just manifest a bazooka. 
Um, I, I mean, at this, this is the last time I'll <laughs> point out this weird inconsistency, I think, because it's just like, we get the tone, it's wacky. <laughs> it, it, it really is sort of like whatever, uh, whatever the sickest twist, most twisted thing yeah. the writer could come up with at, at any given moment. And it never had to completely make sense. It, it just, whatever worked for the scene. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's two cops outside in a cop car. And they see the explosion and um, they both run out to try and like see what's wrong. And they fire on another cop, (laughs) Um, but it's, it is the mask and he tricks them into going up on the roof where he shoots a bunch of them, hits them with a club. And then when he's completely surrounded, they just blast the fuck out of him. He falls off the building and then because he's a mask, he's just like, oh, I'm fine. He gets up. He, he hits the brakes. Yeah. He hits the brakes oh, on sky yeah. on the sky. And yeah. so he lands okay. Then he gets in the cop car, which uh has a prisoner in the back seat, throws a grenade out, and uh blows up another like SWAT van or whatever. And then we go into the last chapter. I mean it's it's a pretty uh as far as the chapters go, like the two the first two were pretty uh like Yeah, this mm-hmm. The first two were pretty, like, uh, story-heavy. Mm-hmm. The last two are pretty, like, they move really fast because it's just a lot of action. Yeah. But they still find, like, unique ways to be terrible, which you gotta give them credit for. Yeah, this is how I would make comics when I was, like, a, a little kid. The, I, <laughs> I was really, literally just like, okay, and then it ends with a grenade. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the final chapter, there's a prisoner in the back seat screaming, like you know, let me out or whatever. Cause you know, he, he's clearly in a lot of danger being driven around by the mask. And we see the cops talking to Catherine and she explains the situation with the mask and the lamps and all this shit. Doug is really starting to get like, starting to do really interesting things with the lines, with the, with the details on the faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, like he's, we... he's coming onto his own in, in the, in this, you had talked to me about it a little bit that you thought that like he grew a lot over the course of the book and like he really does in the in the later chapters but even in these first ones by the end of it Doug Monkey becomes mm-hmm. like a pretty pretty great artist like yeah um, like some of the stuff up front is a little rough but as it goes on it just keeps getting tighter and tighter which is like pretty cool to see like in real time yeah this this just... comic is a it's the biggest case for how just drawing comics will make you get better at drawing comics. Mm-hmm. There's like no shortcuts. A lot of people who like want to get into drawing comics and I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. I can't I just, I'm not good enough. Like, look at this comic book. Look at how he starts and look at where the book ends. And you'll, you'll see like a comic book university course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we continue with uh, him on this sort of, rampage he's driving around this cop car smashing it into stores buildings over people um and he's being chased by cops now and he's just uh yeah it's just a big like chaotic car chase and it culminates when it's like it's like what if the blues brothers hated humanity (laughs) (laughs) and they're just doing that car chase shit but they hate everyone and want to run into everything yeah yeah (laughs) And it culminates with him getting out of the car and getting like a giant battle axe and uh, just like with a battle axe, just like uh, cutting into these cop cars and he gets out a flamethrower and starts burning fucking everybody. There's a, there's a great shot where he's like 
setting everything on fire with one hand, has a machine gun in the other hand, and says, this is the life. This is the life! I'm I'm really trying to, like, make these word balloons sound sort of like Jim Carrey lines. <laughs> There's a cool thing they do with the colors where the 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 violence is so crazy it spills out of the panels and just into the gutters but just mm-hmm. like the blood splatter and it's uh it's pretty awesome as it goes on like you know you just see so much fucking blood that the only way to really convey it is to just show it like yeah literally popping out of the like the borders and the the images and everything yeah he's There's, straight like... up a super villain at this point which is something i really <laughs> did not expect he is going uh full uh dorner at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah by, by that do you mean awesome uh, yes <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> i do yeah <laughs> it's also worth noting that for this whole last part he's dressed like a cop oh yeah that's right that is true so like he literally is going full dorner <laughs> there's got to be some deep meaning there he's a complete mm-hmm. psychopath so yeah, he's able to evade the police by like just dipping into the sewers. Sees another, I think this is another... Yeah, this is just a random other cop. This is a random other cop who's just down the street, and he pulls out a gun, like a his, his Uzi, shoves it down the cop's pants, and fires it, blows his dick off, <laughs> and just walks away. Which is amazing, by the way, because like, you're talking about the difference between this and the movie. I was reading a thing about how in the movie, this was... Like in it, like this scene was in it, oh. um, where like he's he's fighting with these people. He sho- he shoves a gun down the pants and like blows their dick off, and it's like you know, they were like, oh yeah, we can't do that. Like, uh, the <laughs> I think the producer was like, yeah, like in a comic book that that works because you know it's you're not seeing real people, mm-hmm. but when you see real people, it's so much more insane to have this kind of thing. Like just seeing like you know in a cartoon. Like in, the, in this comic book, it's so much uh, pa- more palatable to see this insane violence than mm-hmm. when you watch it like on with real people. You know? Shout out to the producer. Uh, it feels like this would be an uh, Ace Ventura too, though. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say shout out to the producer who was like uh, maybe a dance routine. <laughs> yeah, that? yeah. No, I mean, like I think literally that's what they replaced it with is the Cuban Pete shit. <laughs> iconic iconic uh it is iconic, piece of cinema yeah. yeah that's the only good cuban representation in cinema <laughs> <laughs> aside from scarface yeah yeah um so yeah stanley comes home from a long day of murdering the police the one noble thing he's done all day although you know he found ways to do it like a shithead also because you know he's just yeah. a perpetual loser he managed to make killing the police look not cool <laughs> yeah by just like you know, he murdered a bunch of police, but he, like, really took his time, enjoyed it when it was the black police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, sick sick shit. Yeah, terrible guy, terrible guy, this Stan Liepkes. So he walks in uh, to Catherine's apartment again, throws down his... Or is this his apartment or is this Catherine's? I think they don't really say. This is his, I think. Yeah. So he comes into his place, a lot smaller, a lot dirtier, a lot lamer than Catherine's place. He throws the mask on his bed, and he just starts kind of cleaning off for the day. And then he gets shot in the fucking back by like a you know magnum revolver, and it's Catherine who has Catherine put on the mask ready. now. Yeah, like as soon as he dropped the mask, she was like, "Yeah, that's mine." <laughs> yeah, this is the quickest turnaround I've seen. The quickest end to yeah. a character she went I've from, seen in a comic ever. 
grabbing the mask to shooting a shotgun through Ipkiss's back. In one and panel, I love that yeah. she's wearing. I love that she's like wearing the dress that Cameron Diaz has in the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The iconic tiny red dress. And then, yeah, it ends with like her holding that dress, like smiling, saying, sorry, Stan, but I think I'm going to stay after all. A girl has, I mean, I mean, a girl has a right to change her mind, doesn't she? And then we see Is like it... in the foreground, Stanley just like bleeding from his mouth. I don't know what's on his yeah. fucking head. What is that? A Can sock. you tell? Oh, a sock. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, is just it, a is sock. Is it bad that I think that that's really like she looks really hot with the mask face? Yeah. Um, I yeah. wanted to see more yeah. of this female mask person. It's like the situation in in the Venom movie with Tom Hardy where they had female Venom for like 3 seconds. Oh, really? Well, that's what Rule 34 is for. Yeah, and it was and it was oh. good for that moment. Me and uh, some friends have looked up some. We watched some the mask, mask movie like a. It, yeah, there's like DeviantArt is littered with chicks with like oh mask photoshops. Oh, it's it's so That's wild. Terrifying. They're so insane. Yeah, we've uh we've done some deep dives into those fucking mask photoshops. But yeah, that's how the story ends. What do you guys think of it? It's a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> no, no edits. Perfect. Well done. No notes. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Girl power. Um, so it's got that message in that. A cab. It's yeah. got that message in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only thing. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a mask is a good woman with a mask. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad bitch with a mask. <laughs> Ooh, there Hell you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that in general culture, being a bad bitch is better than being a bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's a good thing. Of course. But yeah, no, Daniel, any, well, you have any closing thoughts? On this, on this first uh, story, I, I, like, I, I kind of appreciate a little bit more of, of the subversion of sort of like, masculinity that happens here whereas i feel like the the second story the story that happens after kind of uh brings it back into uh sort of like a more classic vigilantism yeah um whereas here this is this is a a a case of uh, unadulterated male psychosis this is like the most (laughs) violent whims of of the of the male psyche going just going crazy without any kind of moderation without any kind of um um well i mean of course there's some censorship because you're not going to have like the mask like sexually assaulting everyone so there there's there's a sort of a cleanness to it in that sense but i guess violence is a okay and you could do absolutely anything to anybody as long as it's just violent (laughs) um yeah, it, it 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 like I immediately saw this story as sort of like uh hyper ditko uh or or like um or what's the what's the word like a continuation of this sort of like uh, nihilism that uh just m- makes the the world meaningless uh-huh. and mm-hmm. and everyone is just sort of like an npc like this is this is the npc mentality where you're the main character and absolutely everyone is just fodder for for your uh jokes and bits yeah 
Well, I, I, uh, I just finished watching the movie I Me Madness. Have you seen that? Or You Me Madness? No. It's the... Uh, I, I know of it, but I have not watched it. I have not had the pleasure. Yeah, me and, me and my friends watched it. I, like, set a timer on my phone because I was like, I need to watch this movie. It's a... Uh, uh, Brody, it's it's uh, Louise Linton, Steve Mnuchin's wife. She made a movie where it's like she saw American Psycho and she just, like, completely ripped it off. Like, they even say it in the beginning, like, I know what you're thinking. This is ripped off from American Psycho. Well, you're right. Like, that kind of thing. Cool. And uh, it's just Apparently a woman... she saw American Psycho and was like, that's so me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. So it's about a woman who meets a guy in like LA who uh she thinks is hot. So she has him uh I think she uh he goes there to rent a room in her house and um he finds out that she's a serial killer and a cannibal and she's killed like hundreds of people and the end of the movie is just basically, you know, she takes a little bit of medication and then she stops killing people and her and the guy who are like uh like cartoonishly cartoonishly trying to like murder each other for the entire movie decide like let's become a family like have a couple kids and like settle down and it's a funny movie because it's like just so psychotic um like it, you would think it's like parodying all of these uh norms about uh like sexuality and violence, and all this shit, but really it doesn't really do anything of that. It just kind of like, it shows that like, as long as uh, you're perpetuating your own self-worth, like everybody else, like Daniel said, is just uh, like fodder for that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, they're unimportant to your, to your self growth, which is kind of what this comic is doing. Um, which is, it just reminded me of it when I see, you know, this babe in a red dress kill the guy at the end and it's like, oh, it's all good. <laughs> like her killing him wasn't really the, the good revenge for this comic. I mean, I guess it's good that he died cause like he's a piece of shit, but like, you know, that's just not how, uh, the system should work. And it doesn't really matter. Cause like I said, it's like a libertarian, like power fantasy mm-hmm. for most of the runtime of this book until she, he dies, in which case becomes someone else's power fantasy some fucking cop and uh yeah i don't really have a whole lot to say other than you know on some level we all wear masks metaphorically speaking Uh oh (laughs) (laughs) he said it wow Mm. (laughs) yeah is there is there is there a stanley ipkiss in all of us yeah we suppress the id our darkest desires and adopt a more socially acceptable image yeah there's definitely a boring loser in all of us i think for sure (laughs) yeah some of us wear it on our sleeve like daniel but um (laughs) yeah i'm i'm actively jokerfied (laughs) maskified yeah yeah maskified yeah definitely like i was just kind of um didn't know what I was getting into with this. I, I just really wanted to see what the, you know, the rough draft version of the mask was like. I do think, you know, as as well as like with the drawing, I feel like with the writing as well too, um, there are improvements as the story goes along ultimately. Like, is, I, I mean, mm-hmm. like in the first issue, like if every panel is basically it's like six by it's like three um three by two panels for the whole time and then it like Mm. starts to evolve i think the smartest thing that they did when creating this character was realizing that the mask would pass to person to person and kind of create Mm. these like smaller stories for these people i know that like 
you know, I'm, I'm sure, like, uh, the next person who gets it, the cop, like, um, his, his story is a bit more interesting and stuff like that. But, like, this is a good thematic start to the series of just being, like, this mask um, allows people to uh, corrupt themselves. Um, it, it, it's, it enables them. Like, that's truly the power of this mask and this power fantasy. It, like, enables you to have the powers of a superhero. But it's mm. not going to come front-loaded with any kind of morality. It's not going to, like, um, force you to uphold truth and justice or whatever. Like, it just is what it is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah. what they should have done was given the mask to a dog, like in the movie. That would have been pretty sick. <laughs> I mean, that would have been Hell, yeah. <laughs> Or in the sequel, if you gave it to a baby, like, what exactly. kind of shenanigans would a baby get up to? Exactly. A jokerified baby? Damn. Yeah, like, what if a baby had all, like, you know, uh, just complete power? That would be he sick. He would immediately kill his mother. That would be the first thing <laughs> that, it, that a baby would do. Because, like, babies are so full of hate when they don't yeah. get something they want. Just anything. Like, it, it'll be, like, more ice cream. Yeah. If that baby doesn't get more ice cream, he would immediately kill his mother with the <laughs> I mask. mean, most babies start out bald, too, so, you know, truly twisted. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the where they're grabbing ideas from. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what, when, when you move on to the, to the other story, you get a lot more of a hero and villain situation where you will actually see that there's, like, a, a, a villain to, to the mask where it's, like, a mob boss uh, that is, like, killing people with heroin. They create a situation mm. in which the violence that the mask uh, does is somehow justified. It's okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, as, as, as Ramon is kind of like, uh, looking through the, looking through the rest of the book, like you get to see like this complete evolution of Doug Mankey as, as an artist and, uh, and a lot more of the sort of like classic imagery that you do get from the movie. Um, the, the sort of like, uh, zoot suit hat combo like a lot of the a lot of the dress uh style ends up ends up coming more from from this book as well what they don't have is uh jim carrey which is why Mm -hmm. like it's weird to have this macho police officer it like it, it, it it's not the same thing for a a police officer's fantasy to a normal guy's fantasy I mean, a police officer already has the ability to kill people that he doesn't exactly. agree with and, like, has complete autonomy over the real world. Like, being a police, police officer already... is already a power fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Being a police officer, you basically are the mask. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The badge. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought this was a pretty good comic, though. Like, I thought it was cool. I, I probably, I mean, I have the trade, you know, I'm, I'm flipped through it and shit. But I, I probably will, uh, like, finish reading it at some point. Mm-hmm. But it, it's funny, though, to me to think about when this comic came out. I was also looking at uh, The Crow. Like, I was, mm-hmm. like yesterday, I was looking at The Crow. Because it was the other, like, early 90s comic movie that was, like, from an indie comic that was, like, about a hero that, you know, in the, in the same, <laughs> you know, had, like, this iconic imagery that that stuck with me from when i was a kid although like the mask i thought was incredible 
like as a child, a cartoon, um, mm-hmm. and the the movie. Yeah. The the crow terrified the shit out of me, and it's interesting to see just like when I was reading that, just like where like these young cartoonists were at with with all the shit. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a it, all these all these ones that we look at. They're always such an interesting look at, uh, like you know, like a where where artists were at like dealing with this shit like you know these kind of comics they don't make them anymore yeah like it's crazy that these two specifically went on to have like very long careers in comic books like doug mankey it's fascinating to see his the beginning of his work considering what his like later superhero dc stuff looked like which was like impeccable yeah it's fascinating to see where that developed cool yeah i mean in parts of this it looks like you know like a Mobius and he's got all these like crazy European like hatch marks and mm-hmm. um, like the, yeah, this the is coloring kind of... on it is mm-hmm. like with these watercolory. Uh, I think they were like probably inks or whatever, but you know, it's, it's really washy and it just looks really nice. Like a, like a European comic. And at, at what I know him from later is, is like much more polished and uh, traditional superhero shit. And it's, it is cool to look at, because I think in a few years ago he was one of my favorite like comic artists I thought like working and to see him like these like rough beginnings is pretty neat. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan at this point. I'm I'm like <laughs> looking forward to reading like the second part, like Return of the Mask, see like uh Mankey continue to evolve, see what they can even do with this character. Like, how do you how do you um keep doing this uh other uh other characters using the mask because the way the the way this uh particular uh volume ends mm-hmm. is that after after he deals with all the sort of like mob in the most violent grotesque ways that he can like think of like comedically quote unquote um he's confronted by all the police that are that are um gonna jump him again and he kind of becomes th- that same sort of like terrifying nightmare that they show you at the end of the first uh, Stanley Ipkiss arc and there there's this moment where he realizes what he's doing like the, he can he finally starts to resist the power of the mask itself yeah and Basically, we cut like the last we see is he is basically burying the the mask like under cement under his house. Yeah, yeah. So it 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 has places to go, and you, maybe you could write inf- infinite mask stories when it comes to something like this. Anyone can wear the mask, but I also had enough of it just watching the first movie. yeah i want to see like an extended universe i want to see the mask in space i want to (laughs) see i want to see all this shit i want to see a marvel vacation of the mask but what we got is good too yeah Yeah. we don't get we don't get a a mafia mask like we don't get the andrew cuomo villain of the original mask movie Thank, thankfully, the looks book. so much like Pomo. It's <laughs> insane. It's it's disgusting. Like the like the sort of like uh, Italianness, bloated face, the Italianness. <laughs> yes, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so you know, we it's it's so rare we have a comedian on the show. I feel like we have to ask you like real comedian questions, like you know, like Mark Marin is like, so who are your guys? <laughs> <laughs> which comedians do i like man tough question. like who are your guys oh uh, you know what i will guys? say one of my one of my guys is eddie pepitone do you guys know eddie pepitone yeah i think i've heard him on on stuff like you know heard about him yeah he, have, you, he, have you ever heard uh carlin uh, yeah that guy mm, yeah <laughs> yeah that guy invented curse words um he's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like Eddie Pepitone. <laughs> no. he, uh, he's an older guy, and his view of the world is darker than most other comedians. And anytime I'm like really depressed, I like throw on one of his specials, and um, I'm like so depressed, but I laugh. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's the best. Like seriously, though, like I feel like for a long time, it seems like comedy was stuck in this sort of like very mid two thousands, like tough crowd with Colin Quinn. Yeah. Like archetype of that. And I feel like now, I don't know if it's just because I found like better people on Twitter or, mm-hmm. or what, but like there is much more different kind of voices. And like, it's not so just like you have to be middle-aged white dude who is not afraid to say slurs. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean, like totally, it's, it's been cool to like, be able to watch like you know julio torres or like patty harrison yeah or people like this who i'm like oh these are like funny people and it's not just because they're like saying edgy things and like, yeah do you do you feel like you were part of the wave that like brought that in or do you think that like you saw stuff like that and you were like oh it's it's an accepting place for people that aren't just like that guy um i'm definitely part of the wave <laughs> um yeah. Basically, the simplest way I can put it, um, American stand-up comedy works like this. There was a, a comedy bubble, like in the late 80s, early 90s, where um, comedians were making like a lot of money to perform at clubs, um, mm-hmm. like hundreds of dollars a night. Um, and people came up, they got on talk shows, uh, you know, tonight shows, um, the people from this era are definitely include like Jerry Seinfeld. Um, uh, just like people like that, people who, you know, even Colin Quinn and stuff like that, like people who are a part of that, like first kind of era. And then in the nineties, um, things got tougher. It got a little less popular. Um, clubs started to make less money and they started to pay comics less. And then we have alt comics which is like, you know, Patton Oswalt, Sarah Silverman, people like that, um, who really yeah. weren't that alt, to be honest. Um, they right, still right, did, right. Um, like, Comedy Central stuff. They still did sitcoms and stuff like that. But we got a second comedy boom around the time when Netflix and stuff started. Um, it mm. wasn't even really a comedy boom, but we had... We had things like uh, com- uh, Comedy or Die. We had um, Netflix and sketch shows were coming back. So there was like opportunities for people. But what really ended up happening was all the people who benefited from the first comedy boom just benefited from it again. Like um, Jerry mm. Seinfeld, uh, Dave Chappelle and stuff. They're getting millions of dollars to do Netflix specials. And the people who kind of like came up and should have been new faces during that time 
didn't really get as much of a shot when they definitely weren't getting paid by um, people like, you know, College Humor and shit like that. I did all that shit. College Humor, um, mm. fucking Jash. <laughs> I did all that shit. <laughs> um, it was not worth it. Never had health insurance the entire time. And now that is kind of dying again a little bit as well. It's kind of evened out. It's 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 kind of a consistent thing where... Um, the people in power have kind of abandoned any route to coming up, which I don't necessarily believe there was one in the first place. And it's like, you can kind of like be join this kind of cabal of people who are trying to come up that way, but there's definitely space to be wildly creative, um, as well too. <laughs> but even a lot of those people like Julio Torres and stuff, um, they just end up writing for SNL. You know, it's just like a different <laughs> right, right, right. institution that happens to be um, on the East Coast instead of on the West Coast. So it's like just getting absorbed into the into the same institutions, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is not always Looks a bad like... thing. It's it's what sure. gets you attention. I mean, people like Julio and Patty wouldn't be coming up if they didn't say yes to opportunities like that. But um, right, you have to kind of resist joining those old clubs and joining those old institutions but at the same time it's just like you know actors and writers and creative people it's not like we have a bunch of power anyway um <laughs> right right so it's kind of like i mean it's yeah I don't it's know. funny listening to you talk about this because like as a comic book artist you know i f i see the same things right like yeah there's two games in town there's marvel and dc comics if you want to make any kind of living yeah or you could like really gamble it and do like some other thing. And like people would talk about like, you know, the image comics guys like back in the day, like they're like these revolutionaries, but all they did was make themselves rich. You right. Know? Like, exactly. Nobody, nobody in, I think in comedy and nobody in, in comics has ever been interested in like having solidarity with people who aren't also rich. Totally. You know what I mean? So like, it's like you said, like you didn't have healthcare. Like I didn't have healthcare for a lot of time when I was on like the grind to like, make it into comics and it was just like the understood thing that like you're never going to and like <laughs> that's just gonna be your life is just like you know gig by gig and you know opportunity by art like just get it where you can so like i never bemoan people that mm -hmm. are like like you know like the i know like if i have friends that are like really talented like yeah dude go get whatever you can yeah. from these fucking corporations um yeah the real trick is but just it hoping is, people don't uh, pull the ladder up when they, you know, when they get in the room or whatever. Um, exactly. That's, that's all you can really hope for. I mean, I know a handful of people who truly do care about comedy that way. Um, mm -hmm. But it's de it's definitely not enough people. Even some of the funniest people I know really still don't even really give a shit about comedy as like a community thing outside of themselves. Yeah. And I can't blame them for thinking that way, but it's just, like, we have to, like, I think of comedy, that I, I come from music, um, actually, like, yeah, I started playing guitar and, like, started playing in bands when I was, like, 16 until I started doing comedy, which was when I was, like, in my early 20s, so it's, like, I think people just have to know the importance of um, a scene, really, and yeah. I'm hoping that post-COVID people think that way, but on a certain level, humans are just going to be, like, thinking about themselves. But um, mm -hmm. hopefully the cool people end up getting to, like, direct movies and, like, put their friends in it. Like, that's the kind of shit I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you just directed a movie, right? Um, I wrote a um a short that ended up going oh, okay. to a bunch of festivals that unfortunately I wasn't able to attend, like a dozen festivals, which is pretty cool. And we're trying to like turn it into a show, but um at this point, like I've been doing comedy long enough where it's just like I think people who are around my experience level should be pivoting into um like tv or like trying to write um on shows and movies and stuff like that so like that's kind of where i'm at like i'm just trying to like put scripts down um and oh, dude, i hear you even that's break into exactly animation at, yeah like, totally exactly yeah like this is a point like, in our careers a... where we're kind of like meshing together as well too because i think any of the three of us would jump to write for like a cartoon or anything like that um yeah well like absolutely. what are you uh, how old are you again? Uh, I just turned 33, actually, even though I yeah, look very young. I'm 33. That's the yeah. age. Yeah, that's yeah. the age. That's where we're from. I hear like, that you know 32 is a cooler being... year. Is the, no, so what? It's 33. That's where I'm at, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, 32 is pretty awesome, I think. 32 is no, okay. No, but it's like, yeah, it's it's like, you know, there. I, I, I similarly, like, when I was younger, I spent a lot of my 20s just going to, like, you know, a, a rundown like a uh, garage that got retrofitted to be like a music place. Mm-hmm. And my friends played in like indie bands and I'd be in the back of the room drawing like an old couch that they found mm-hmm. and like, you know, trying to like do what I was doing. Cause I didn't, I didn't play music, but you know, trying to like sort of capture that, what they were doing with art and, you know, like all those bands are gone mm-hmm. and I'm still like the one guy who's like, yeah, I'm still like doing the art thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a weird position to be in, but it's also like now trying to get like people with money to like pay you that way you're not yeah. like, all right, let's see if like I could afford rent next month or the month after. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, an extraordinary thing does start to happen though. Like, I remember when I first started doing stand up, um, when you're just, when you're literally doing open mics like every night. And you're meeting a lot of people and you're going to shows and like you're just hoping that people throw you on shows. Like I can't tell you how how much time I spent just hoping to like get on certain shows. And then when I was around like five years in, which is like a long time, but it that's kind of like the average amount of time it takes. I started getting booked on shows like every other night without even having to ask. And, like, that Mm. was, like, a real achievement for me. And, like, as depressed as I'll get sometimes with about, like, where I am in my career, like, I think back and I'm, like, I truly have accomplished a lot and I have no business having any kind of, like, imposter syndrome. Like, when people offer me opportunities, like, I used to not always do my best with the opportunities. I would never respond fast enough, never um put my whole heart into it because i'm like i didn't want to be disappointed but like you truly do have to be at a place where you're taking every opportunity like two of my best friends um one of my friends who i host the dark weave with um uh cody ziggler he um did a little bit of stuff for like ucb sketch and like he like worked for a podcast company for a number of years when we started doing our podcasts and then very fast, he got a job writing for Craig in the Creek uh, on Cartoon Network. And then I okay. think after his second week, he had to quit because he got a job writing on 
um, She-Hulk, which is coming out on Disney+. Plus. And now he's writing for, like, Rick and Morty. And it's so mm. funny because none of this stuff has come out. <laughs> like, yeah. like you could talk to He's him. already moved on to, like, yeah. job, like, high-level, high-profile job after high-profile job. Yeah, I think it, it just happens fast like that. And you have to, like, not get jaded. And you have to be um, prepared. And people see you prepared. Like, you have more like i have so many connections that i don't even think about from day to day and then every once in a while probably at least like every other week someone will email me with something like hey um jimmy kimmel's uh writing room is like looking for some people you should submit i'll recommend you i'm like cool i guess that's what i'll do for the next couple days you know it's just you have to like allow yourself that kind of like space and to know that those jobs aren't going to come like um all at once or anything but like sometimes you get hot and you just have to deliver and people just know you as someone who delivers and that's what we're all trying to do i guess going back a bit you said like you know you just got to remember not to bring up the ladder when you get there yeah i think in, in comics there's like this funny dichotomy where like with comic writers it's different than comic artists like comic artists they could do one book a month and their profile is only as big as like their last book basically Mm. right but comic writers can do like eight books a month and they can write TV and they can do like other things. So like, there's a lot of people that I think that, that sort of interming between like TV and comics that are just TV writers. And it was funny during the primary when I would be like, listen, it's gotta be Bernie Sanders. If you care about comic yeah. book creators, it's gotta <laughs> be Bernie because that's the only way they'll get healthcare in America. Right. And I, I would get into arguments with these t- comic writers that were like, well, no, like Elizabeth Warren has a plan. It's not yeah. quite Medicare for all. And I'm just like, bro, listen, like you don't understand. Cause you, you're part of SAG. Yeah. <laughs> like we are the scum mm-hmm. of the earth. We, nobody wants to unionize with us. Comedians are, are the like, same way. I'll, the, yeah. the most, um, the most like uh, extreme, like the most out there comedians you can think of, like from like the nineties or your childhood or something like that. Like people who you would consider alts. I guarantee you they're liberals and they yeah. um, money has poisoned their minds. Like I think once you get money <laughs> and fame, you have like minimum like five years before you just stop giving a shit about poor people. <laughs> and that's yeah. proved to be true so far. But um, that's why when anybody ever is like not that I have so much more respect for them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like so much like, you know, there's so many people that I'll just see on Twitter where like when I was starting the show, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I want this person on maybe, but let me just do a quick search to see if they said anything about like Bernie Sanders or whatever. Yeah. And if it's like super hostile, I'm like, ah, forget it. Like I, yeah. I'm not gonna get along with them. They're not gonna understand the message or the point of like when we pick apart this mass comic and we just make fun of shit. They're not gonna get it. And <laughs> yeah, that's what I can have. Like we can have like good friendships, relationships with people like that, but like they're never going to understand it the other way. You right. know what I mean? Or yeah. it's like, it takes maybe them losing everything for them to understand. Yeah. Oh, that's why socialized medicine is important. That is a cool thing that I do see about some of, uh, some comics my age and younger who like, they could become just like those other liberals. But like, I actually do see them at protests. I actually do see them. Yeah like making meal kits for homeless people and shit like that like that's a new thing like the idea of like comics actually being nice (laughs) is pretty (laughs) radical actually i think people are starting (laughs) to realize that that's the the most radical thing you could do 
So uh, you're you're the the Dark Weeb podcast. You guys talk about what we, on there? Like we talk about um we we just talk about nerd shit. I when we yeah. first started that podcast, I specifically wanted to talk about like things from Japan. Um, mm. and Cody was just like, okay, could we also talk about Marvel stuff too? And I was just like, oh, fine. <laughs> so like these days it's kind of like, um, we've been releasing kind of inconsistently cause he's been working so much, but we're trying right, to right. at least do a couple a month. Um, so sometimes it's like a video game will come out that we're obsessed with like Hitman or something. We're probably going to do a Hitman sure. episode soon. Um, so we'll do an episode about that and like we'll just we'll just go like franchise by franchise like play it pretty um loose and that's kind of the vibe of the show as well too we'll just have like super fans on and we'll just um we'll just nerd out about it and we have gotten some blowback about the name i think people um are starting to talk about like weebs as like a bad thing which is like not like a super serious thing i i forgot why sure. but we thought it was i thought it was because it was a reference to like the dark web that's exactly why buy, like, like child pornography we do not yeah exactly we are child pornographers <laughs> <laughs> no but but what people are actually like offended by is weeb yeah like yeah. the most basic thing yeah that's exactly cultural it's so appropriation stupid. of <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> listen first of all we gotta stop asian hate but second of all that's let's, true. we gotta let these weebs do their thing yeah, we, I feel we like Weeb is sort pun. of like uh like uh like for reserved for like non-Japanese people. Right. I think oh. that I think it is too. Like it comes from the term weeaboo, which just seems like a nonsense term to me. Um if if it was like really racist, sure we'd change it, but at the moment I think I think it's fine. I don't think people care that yeah, much. Yeah, it's just people who cosplay Japaneseness because of anime. Yeah. Like they've watched enough anime where they start sort of like, I'm talking like this because that's how animes talk. <laughs> and that's like once you start like altering your voice to sound like a dub anime or something, yeah. like you that you're a weeb. Like once you start <laughs> learning Japanese, yeah. You're a weeb. Well, uh, I have I'm learning Japanese, but <laughs> there it is. Like, I mean, I just I, own it. You yeah. can own it. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. If you have a sword, you're a weeb. But if not, then you're you know. Yeah, I got, I got two swords. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I remember when you found that when you got that sword, it was powerful. It was a powerful moment. Yeah, you guys can't tell, but I am also in like a Japanese style house. I have like shows. So hell yeah, all fire. My house. <laughs> That's weeb life. Yeah. I mean, you, it's, it it's encompassed you. Let me ask you a question, though. Like, when mm -hmm. you were in high school, so we're, like, the same age, right? Mm -hmm. And you're, are you just uh, black, or are you, like, is there... Yeah, just black, just a light-skinned How do you, I'm saying, how do you identify, <laughs> you know, with that? Because, you know, hey, it's, like, tricky, you know? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're, if you we were have over to have here, whole, I'd say, I think you're Puerto Rican. We yeah, have to right. have a whole like, episode about Latinx stuff, like, on our show, because it just keeps coming up. But, like, what mm -hmm. are, like, how do you... Um, like, it's, it's sort of, I'm not even completely sure, like, if I really dug deep, like, I could find, like, a French great-grandfather or something like that, mm. but I think, like, even when I look at, like, my, my, my parents' photos, like, if I look at, like, my mom just happened to be, like, the lightest person, like, in sure. the family somehow, she just, like, got those genes, and I just turned out yeah. to be that as well, too. Um, I just tell people I'm goth and right, they, yeah. they get it. Like I'm pale for a black guy. <laughs> 
my my question my question was more like so growing up in like two thousands, if uh-huh. you're like a weeb, was that like I feel like in the last like you know maybe decade or so like the idea of like the black nerd as like you know yeah what it, it's been removed from like oh Urkel you know like that kind of shit yeah but, like totally. when you were growing up what was it like you know it's um it's it's interesting because it's like I guess it's like a little bit um under wraps a bit i mean the most i really ever got to nerd out um when i was a kid was like playing like halo games or something like that when people started like gaming a lot then you can kind of like open up the floodgates a bit but really like i remember being in like middle school and i probably had like i could i could probably tell you like two maybe three friends in like all of middle school who i could like have a conversation with about dragon quests um just sure. and we would bring our like mm-hmm. game boys to school um and then for the longest time like like one of my my biggest love in the world is like playing jrpgs and it was mm. just like a very private thing um but like through the internet you don't feel like lonely about it and i remember the point when i like started to like talk about nerd shit um as a comedian because that was like honestly about like two years ago when we started the dark weeb like i would talk Mm -hmm. about nerd stuff a little bit but not to the extent that i like talk about anime now and now like every black person is an unabashed anime fan (laughs) it's just like where were you guys before yeah yeah it's like i remember when that became a thing you know yeah whereas like every black dude knows everything about dragon ball z and it's sick yeah there was a there was like a twitter thing maybe about a month ago where this one dude who I don't like, I don't even remember his name, but he was complaining <laughs> about like um, black people getting into anime and how they're only into like shonen anime and stuff like that. And whatever he said was way worse also, but like, I, I do think a lot of black people need to branch out from shonen anime. There's like so much. <laughs> other than just like uh, my hero academia and stuff like that but i mean that's i don't tight too. i mean i don't blame them just because that shit is awesome yeah it like is. i'm i can still go back to the excitement of like yeah ramon uh, already had his comedian talk now i'm like yeah no what was your animes what was your <laughs> oh absolutely middle school guys, animes? who are your, your um, anime guys <laughs> I started pretty early off with like Yu Yu Hakusho. I would rent that from Blockbuster. And, oh, and I was like, "What is this?" Um, so love Yu Yu. Yes. Um, definitely Gundam. Uh, Gundam Wing really activated something in me for sure. So, so you're like the the tsunami block. Yeah, tsunami block for sure was um, definitely a thing. But um, I was I was branching out from there at very early on also. Um. Like, I got into, I got even to, like, you know, Saint Seiya, like, anytime I would see a picture of something that looks cool, I had to know what it was. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, like, the kind of person who was, like, always just, like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Like, you should check this out if you like that. Um, to the point where, like, my friend, all my friends saw Dragon Ball Z, uh, Dragon Ball Super before I did, because I was just, like watching like jojo before they did you know what i mean (laughs) Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like it all kind of encompasses itself and now these days even my friends who like know about all that kind of stuff 
like I'm watching like comedy anime. I'm watching like fucking like Chio's like School Road and shit. Like I'm <laughs> like I'm watching fucking like children's shows about like seals just because I'm uh, inhaling any Japanese I can get. <laughs> yeah, you're you're like at that point where uh you've you've grown a tolerance, so you just need the hard stuff. Yeah, you know, like the weirder, esoteric, strange content. I've always been that way um, with um, every piece of media to my own um, disadvantage and advantage at the same time. Like, if no one I know has ever heard about it, I I probably know everything about it, and <laughs> that's a weird thing. Like, now my recent obsession has been Tokusatsu, just because why not? <laughs> I like the Power Rangers way too long. What's Tokusatsu? Tokusatsu um, is Japanese for special effects, and it stands mm. for everything from Godzilla to Ultraman to Power Rangers to Kamen Rider. <laughs> oh, okay. All that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's funny, because I, I, I literally asked, I think, the same exact question on Twitter like a couple months ago, and somebody explained <laughs> it, and I had like scrubbed it from my memory. As soon as you said, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and well, yeah, I it, it's always I feel like I, I've seen a little bit of like modern Ultraman type series, um, mm -hmm. and I feel like there is this kind of uh disconnect where I don't know if the it's a barrier of entry thing, but I'm like, no, I can tell that that's a guy in a miniature city, right? I can see, I can see the miniature city, I can point like it feels and and one of the one of the guys it's basically because I follow people who like post tokusetsu clips and yeah, stuff, totally. and so I'll see like when they're doing the transformation, it feels like overtly like the toy commercial yeah. where they're showing you the belt product and yeah. they're showing you the little capsule thing that they're going to put in the belt product. Things and the spinny got so effect weird. It does. Yeah. It's like they, they really like put toys to the forefront and they have become so unabashed about so many like weirder aspects of it that like, they started going full weird in the 90s with, like, Common Rider, and they just went full tilt. Like, that shit, when, once people, like, mainstream uh, America get into it, once they start, like, actually um, having good translations that are, like, official, like, it's going to open up the floodgates. Like, if people like anime, like, people are going to get into that as well, too. It's going to be another sort of, like, Power Ranger wave. Yeah. It's going to be weird. There are comics... There are comics that I really want to do on this show, like where we talk about them, like we did the mask that are like early American, like weeb manga, where like the early guys were just like, you know, weirdo 20 something year old guys that did comics like, uh, like Dirty Pair, like Adam Warren and yeah. like Adam this Warren, dude, uh, yeah. this dude, he did Ninja High School who like runs this company called NR Press. I actually, I ordered on eBay, uh, uh, like right before the show, I ordered a, a set of Sarah Palin comics that he did. Because, like, <laughs> for some reason, that company decided, like, we're going all in on making, like, parody politics comics. And there was one that was Sarah Palin versus the world, which is, like, a Scott Pilgrim, Sarah Palin parody oh thing that was so fire. Like, That's I looked so at weird. it inside of it, and I was like, I have to read this. But this dude has been making manga, in, like, American, you know, Japanese-inspired comics since, like, 1980-something. Mm -hmm. And he had he had a book of like the Power Ranger kind of stuff from like 1991 called Zetra Man that I was looking at that is so crazy but like all the all the image stuff like in in the one that we were looking at like in the mask um like they would all the early dark horse stuff they would have they would have imported like the cute 
anime stuff mm-hmm. in like black and white and i have a bunch of it that is like just so untouched by like all the decades of baggage on it that yeah. i'm just so fascinated by yeah it's like a pure kind of like it's just it's just really nice to either read something that has no references to um all the other shit that you consume or has references to shit that you have no idea about <laughs> yeah that looks amazing yeah i'm showing i'm showing i put up on the screen zetra man but yeah. it's just like it's it's before comic artists really even understood what that was and he's just kind of like i think i get it like big eyes i think sometimes yeah these strong <laughs> bodies are not very like anime no at all. but that's what i love about it it's just like <laughs> yeah it's so pure like the, the dude's clearly like a young weeb and he's yeah. just kind of getting his shit off, and I respect it a lot. Just Saturday morning Brody, had you shit. had you yeah. seen the um, the Marvel Comics Ultraman sort of like reboot that they they were they were like launching Ultraman? Had you heard anything about that? Um, there's a couple things I haven't read Marvel in like kind of a while for some weird reasons, but there's a couple things that I need to check out. I need to check that out. I also want to check out like. I think they had like a limited series about like Warhammer um, 40k that I want to check out. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of properties kind of end up getting um, Marvel comic books, which kind of makes me nervous these days, considering that yeah, Disney it's a Disney owns machine. Everything. It's just absorbing all of them. Yeah, so it kind of like I don't want them to <laughs> go that route exactly, but at the same time, <laughs> it's like you know they in the last ten years they've really dug deep into. Um, superheroes and it's been really profitable for them and you know they're just going to do the same thing with anime like you can't be precious about like Gundam you can't be precious about um, you know we're we're probably only a couple years away from seeing like another um, them try again at like Dragon Ball Z or something like it's it's, it's I, I was looking happen. through yeah I was looking through some of the pages that Ramon was putting on on the screen and it was crazy the the sort of like mixture of styles they were really throwing everything at the wall there like there was like a almost like a, a transformer type uh robot fighting another one sick <laughs> um there, there was like sort of like robotech uh type military yeah. uniforms wacky scientists yeah like yeah. it 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 feels of like this really weird vibe from like specific 80s anything put together yeah. like put together as a, as a hodgepodge it's so funny to think to to see what people from decades ago thought was really cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's dope yeah which is why like partially why i love doing this show because like we do this stuff from like the late 80s early 90s but then we'll also do stuff from just like 2000 which yeah. is already like 20 years ago our teenage years i know yeah and it's just like it's wild to think about like yeah when i was 13 like look at how crazy this was this was cool but like it's fun to look at that like um yeah it's just weird it's weird to it's weird to be like reflective about that now yeah um that's okay i mean now is the time for us to be making shit so it's okay for us to be yeah exactly a little bit reflective like my dream like my (laughs) most perverse dream that'll never come true but um, if I had a million dollars, I'd make it happen is that I would want to make like, you know, there's like an Ultraman movie coming out, um, from Anno, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like, I want to be the first person to make like an American, like shitty tokusatsu movie. That's like really funny. Also, like I want to make like mm. the stepbrothers of like Ultraman or like Godzilla <laughs> or something. 
<laughs> and I'll write the script and let's I'll see what I could do with it. I'll have it when I need it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's my dream. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, maybe we should start wrapping up then, uh, now that we got your dream out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put it out into the world. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Yeah, this was super yeah. fun, you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, where can people follow you on uh, on Twitter and shit? Um, you can find me at AYOBROBRO, A-Y-O-B-R-O-B-R-O, um, mostly on Twitter. Um, you can listen to one of my three fucking podcasts that I do. Um... The, yeah, <laughs> the dark weeb, um, which I talked about, um, the male gaze, where me and three other comedian friends of mine um, like deconstruct masculinity with the news every week, and then I have this other one called Dumb Posers, where me and my friend um, write like comedy songs um, based on like our guests' suggestions and stuff. Um, Mm. this week I started to write it, um, last night and I have to like finish it tonight. Um, but I started writing this one that's in the style of Limp Biscuit. Um, but it's like a high school kid giving like a book report (laughs) on like all the books that he's read (laughs) over the summers is so it's really stupid. (laughs) I did like a, I did like a Joker mashup, you know, like when people were doing Joker, like did listen to different music walking down those stairs. Yeah. I did one with him. And I mixed it with like the music video for Nookie because it's like a similar yeah. looking thing. And Fred Durst like fucking commented on it, like he liked it. And I was just like, oh. "This is it. This is the ultimate." <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! I was like, I could die, and I'm like fucking Congrats. like fulfilled. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, I was hyped. I love I love Limp Bizkit. I mean, like it's funny you you know all the weeb stuff and all that. Like when I was in high school, I was just purely into metal. Yeah. So like it was also very weird. Like all the other Mexicans are like. Nah, he's not, you know. I had, like, two other friends, my boy Jose, my boy Carlos, that were also into, like, Mushroom Head and Slipknot and stuff. Hell yeah. And all the other Mexicans were just like, what's wrong with these motherfuckers? What? That's crazy. All the Mexicans I knew um, in high school, which is, my high school is, like, half black, half Mexican. And if you played guitar, which was, like, I was, like, the only black kid who played guitar, but, like, everyone, like, at recess was fucking playing, like, Master of Puppets like everyone no, was that was yeah it was a good yeah. time all the white kids were playing master puppets that ah, really killed my love for metallica that's what it is that like when i was in seventh grade i love metallica i was into load reload yeah that was my shit and then when high school came and everybody wanted to learn guitar and played like every metallica song just badly i was like i i hate this shit <laughs> i don't i never want to hear metallica again understood <laughs> The wound only barely healed that I can now listen to Metallica without just, like, having PTSD from, like, yeah, lunch. Yeah. (laughs) Slipknot's better anyway. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, man, that's awesome. I'm, you know... uh, and I've, I've li- me and Daniel both listened to like a couple of your podcasts and stuff when we knew you yes. were going to come on and, you know, before that, <laughs> but we were like, you know, they're good. People should listen to them. Thanks, um, man. And yeah. Uh, Daniel, where can they follow you? Uh, you can find me at, uh, Daniel Irizarry, uh, yeah. Instagram. Uh, mostly you can find me here. Honestly, if you want to actually like <laughs> find out anything about me, like, most of the time, um, here on the podcast, like I, it's where I'm most uh contributing in any way nice. to society because I'm just drawing comics all the time. Nice. Like I barely Shh. post. 
Sure, and the best way to listen to our podcast is, of course, on patreon.com slash mexfontayo. Big shout out to our the 69ers, all of our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> you know, we're going to have a whole fucking episode coming out uh, before you listen to this one where we're just, mm-hmm. you know, talking about how cryptocurrency, like we said, is for pedophiles. That's only that's pedophile money. You only use it to fuck kids. That's the only thing it's good for. Um, so check that out. Uh, it's going to be very funny. We find we do a lot of good bits about uh, predators, Sick. and then uh, it's, yeah, like trigger warning a little bit for that one. Oh, huge trigger warning! It's a massive trigger. The whole thing is a trigger. Yeah, warning. the whole thing should be a trigger warning because yeah. we are delving into like billionaire elite uh, child abuse. When yeah. you see Jeffrey Epstein on the cover art, you should know it's a trigger warning. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Um, no, that's where we're going. But but yeah no. Uh, Thank you, and um, thank you especially. We got we asked a couple weeks ago for any shops that uh, want to get a shout on the show to like let us know. Uh, we did get somebody uh, from the Comics Experience in San Francisco, which I had been to. Uh, I went to the Outpost, but it's a good shop out there. There's two locations, and we just you know we want to shout out all local comic shops on the show. Yeah, so check us out at mexfontayo.com/slash mexfontayo. Uh, leave a <laughs> iTunes review and uh, take it away. Hell yeah, babies. Ah!